Free Talk Live. Welcome to the live Saturday edition of the show. We are here, and we'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here tonight. It's Ian. It's Mountaineer. And the captain. Uh, Coming up here tonight, police kill a 12-year-old completely unnecessarily. Uh, Captain has that story. We'll uh, share that with you on the way. Plus, speaking of uh, the youngsters, uh, New Hampshire breaking records, apparently, uh, pulling kids out of the government schools, meaning parents pulling their kids out of the government schools, which is the smartest thing you could possibly do. Wow. Progress. Kids. And it's not only smart in the sense like your children will actually have skills if you pull them out of school. It's also just a matter of safety. I mean, sure. it never gets covered, of course, but the uh, the levels of sexual abuse that happen to children mm. in uh, public schools are... Physical abuse, bullying, all yeah. that crap. Oh, Astronomical. Yeah. Not to mention that government is the world's largest bully, and thus public schools are also bullies themselves. But in addition to that, then you've got bullying with like peer groups. And just the poisoning of their minds. That's the number one reason to get them out. But we can talk about that um, a little bit. I think when it was yesterday or the day before, we covered the news... That the U.S. government uh, gang is about to hit their so-called debt limit, starting as soon as this I Thursday. Think I've heard wait, this wait. What's before? the difference between yeah. this and the debt ceiling? Same thing, I think. Because they just yeah. keep yeah. raising the ceiling. That's right, and that's of course what they're going to do again. Which has um, got to be the world's they tallest like to raise ceiling. The roof. Yeah, the on world's how much tallest of your money ceiling. They can spend. Right, it's currently at like thirty-one point four, I think, trillion dollars, and so they're pretty much there. Uh, and so this is basically it's going to turn into a big political football. The Republicans are going to act like they're going to stick their feet in the sand. Something and else gonna, for me not to pay attention to. They're going to draw this out as long as they possibly can before they'll finally crack and completely raise the uh, the debt limit. It's so weird. Like people who are just tuning in never heard this show before. We can predict these events with this type of accuracy <laughs> because we've seen them all before. It all the time. And they keep repeating themselves time after time yeah. after time to a point that it is a freaking joke to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, I had to reference you. I think it actually was last night's show because I brought you up, Peakless Mountaineer, as uh, somebody who pays close attention to these sort of financial monetary issues. Mm-hmm. And if I recalled correctly, uh, it likes what, the money. What could happen? And I'm glad because well, I appreciate people that can explain it this is stuff. The most important thing uh, because it's half of every transaction. So if they're stealing from your money, they're stealing from everything. They sure are. So the you know what they're talking about oh what might happen if the US hits its debt limit and the the ceiling isn't raised you know they're saying this could cause uh you know economic calamity and if i recall yeah. correctly what the way you explained it previously was that uh they rely on this debt limit to continue to be able to pay uh interest on treasury bonds for mm-hmm. instance and if they if they cannot do that anymore that the the whole like stock market mutual funds there's all this, mm-hmm. this sort of reliance on the continuation of these treasury bonds being paid as they are promised mm-hmm. to being paid cuz when people buy treasury bonds they're saying to they're saying to themselves this is a sure thing this is a uh, based on the US government they'll they'll never default oh, yeah. well now they're talking about well we might default quote unquote now we know they're going to raise the limit but that was <laughs> did i recall that correctly yeah, that's, that's correct so uh, the thing about uh, treasury uh, treasuries of uh, various kinds so uh it's less than the inflation so 
the so the financial class doesn't like to use a whole lot of them because you're you're not getting more back in actual purchasing power. Mm-hmm. But it it's basically just the go to move to reduce your risk because if the dollar will exist at all, then the U.S. government is going to pay your treasury bonds when the time comes up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, it's a big scare tactic that they've done. So many times before. Uh, if if anyone out there wants, uh, a, there's a really good video on uh, on YouTube by CPG Gray that just uh, details this I- I- to absolute perfection. And uh, it, it's a really common thing. They do it over and over again. And it's exactly like you said, a political football. Because, oh, well, you were irresponsible with money, even though it was us that told you that you had to spend that money. <laughs> So I, I wanted to bring this up again because now in the news at a, some website called the the New Republic, newrepublic.com, this seems like a left-wing, or at least this article here is very uh, you know, left-wingy as far as it's just constantly attacking the Republicans as though they're the only problem uh, in, in Washington, D.C. You mean they're not? But the author of this article actually brings up this quote-unquote solution and takes this seriously the idea of minting a trillion dollar coin oh yeah that's this happened the last time they yeah bumped up against the yeah. quote debt ceiling unquote. it's getting floated again mm-hmm. here by this uh, this person uh let's see jason I mean, lincoln's as like if i were just joking around and i was like hey you know they print money anyway why don't they just print a trillion dollar coin and send it to the federal reserve and say okay our debt's paid well, they would need to print thirty-one trillion uh, okay, dollar we'll coins. Print, uh, we'll print one thirty-one trillion dollar coin. So that's yeah. you know, uh, you that's know. the question here: is if this person is going to advocate for the printing of a trillion dollar coin as a solution to not raising the debt limit, like like that would actually why not why not advocate all thirty-one trillion then? Yeah. If you're just going to go in for one trillion, go right. all thirty-one. That would actually be like one of the least surprising and most transparent things a government ever did if they printed 31 a 31 trillion dollar coin to pay mm-hmm. off the debt that would be one of the most transparent and least like you know sort of divisive things and like <laughs> you know straightforward thing that they ever put forth yeah direct money printing yeah so the reason that they will absolutely never do this is because right now the because then printers... you won't be their slave right well so well, yeah, no, you will no, if you still that, use their money. I assure you that will not change one <laughs> iota. You'll just be a poorer slave <laughs> if they do this. Well, so here's the thing. The reason that nothing like that will ever occur is because right now in this country, the ability to print money is held by the large banks. So all of the biggest banks, they uh, get together and they have these local feds. And those feds are part of the the council of the national federal reserve right and the federal reserve decides okay here's how much money we're printing when we're printing it uh how fast where and when now if the u.s federal government the treasury were to just print their own money that would be the equivalent of a coup in this country well but they are legally able to oh, under yeah. the constitution oh, right they're allowed to yeah yeah in so fact, they could do it in fact they were supposed to but mm. no, and they, they handed it over to the federal right. reserve. You're saying it, you're saying they won't do it because it'll piss their banker buddies off if they do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyone who even proposed this would find themselves uh, out of a job very quickly because all of their opponents would suddenly have a massive fund to run against them. Yeah, the federal if, reserve and the banks control the money. Uh, governments control the military, and you put the two together, and you get fascism. 
Yeah. Right. And the reality is there's just no reason for these people to want to lower the debt. They never have lowered the debt. The system is designed to uh, have more and more debt. They just Mm -hmm. have this ceiling so they can make all this political, you know, hay over this issue of, you know, trying to prove to the voters that they care about this. And and never once has this ceiling gone down over time. So it's just a, it's ridiculous. They might might make extra hay and have a quote unquote government shutdown, Mm -hmm. which means, you know, we'll shut down the parts of government that we think you like. Yeah, like parks. Well, yeah, like the parks. I'm trying to remember what else they shut down. Parks and there's really and nothing else that you might like. Yeah. yeah. Turns out trees cease to exist if you don't have a ranger around. <laughs> Some knew? youth centers, I think, got shut down. Stuff like that. Well, didn't yeah. they keep the rangers around to try to keep people out of the parks? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like they put up barriers. And yeah, we're, we're not going to like not pay government employees. Yeah. That would be crazy. So the only difference was they just threw some barriers up at the entrances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> We're just going to not let you that use actually, government services. Actually, costs services. more than just leaving it be and, and letting people in and yeah. still paying the park ranger. Right. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> government goes. Leather, rinse, repeat. I'm just going to share a couple of the paragraphs from this uh, advocacy for the trillion dollar coin. Uh, so they say here, I know what a lot of dull-witted pundits are going to say about this proposal. You can't just mint a magic coin. It's a total gimmick. This is crazy talk. You want to know what's really crazy? Agreeing to remain the Secretary of the Treasury during a period of time when the House of Representatives' primo nutters have made it their cause celebre to regularly threaten to tank the global economy. But just this week, Bloomberg News reported that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who herself has called the platinum coin a gimmick, will remain in the role for the duration. If she wants to survive, let alone enjoy her tenure, she should tell Joe Biden that she's ready to mint the coin. Honestly, I'd question the judgment of any Treasury secretary who wouldn't do so, given the sadomasochistic alternative of grimly enduring an escalating series of economic nightmare scenarios. So the suggestion this person's making here is, look, if you just mint the coin... It gives the republic takes away all the Republicans' sort of negotiating tactics. Oh. So this person writing this is completely anti-Republican. They're partisan. They're pro-Democrat. Like if you just mint the coin, just one. You don't have to do all thirty-one. Yeah. Just mint the one trillion dollar coin, and then there's no more negotiations that happen. Then we can push it, kick the can down the road to 2024, when all the voters will vote in Democrats, and the problem will be solved. Right. And then we can just start spending, you know, like crazy or whatever. Yeah, except that uh, it. it if you want to see the Republicans seize control of the U.S. federal government, the most effective way to do that is to get someone in the Democratic camp to really, really push for this. What was the, the word the author used? Gimmick? Mm, that was actually what uh, Janet Yellen described the platinum Well, as, as if the U.S. dollar is any less a gimmick, <laughs> right? I mean, like this, this proposal to print this coin is just as asinine as the U.S. dollar is. Sure. It would be just a, some kind of crazy, gimmicky magic coin. Oh, you mean like the crazy, gimmicky magic pieces of cloth? Like reach into your wallet. Do you have some? Ga- is it USD? Guess what? You've got your hold of that crazy gimmick right there. Right. In politics, conflict and complications are inevitable, says the author here. Simple solutions are in short supply, and we all have a tendency to overthink things. It was, in fact, overthinking things that got us into this mess. During the grand bargain phase of his presidency, Barack Obama thought it would be a great idea to use the occasion of raising the debt ceiling as a moment to enter into larger negotiations on debt reduction. 
Obama just threw open Pandora's box, enabled the GOP's plunge into debt limit psychosis, and we've been struggling struggling to get uneft ever since. It was also not coincidentally during his first term that the idea of minting a trillion dollar coin, which appears to be an entirely legal cheat code, thanks to a few sentences in a 1996 law, first arose. And that's how this person views this. If by cheat code you mean the original design of the government, then yes, it is a cheat code. Code. What do you mean by that? Yeah, no, the government. Left, left, okay. right, right, circle, circle. <laughs> the Treasury was supposed to do all of the money. That was the original plan. That was plan mm-hmm. A. They're going to mint all of the coins. They're going to tell you what the ratios are. That was their job. But instead, we have a central bank, right. which is run by a bunch of corporations. That was not the plan. I mean, arguably, that's against the Constitution. And in sure. fact, I would argue that. I would double argue it given the fact that they didn't have a quorum when they passed it. But uh, we're kind of getting into the weeds on history here. Well, what you're saying, though, was originally, if they were minting coins, then we're not talking about pieces of paper, right. quote unquote, backed with uh, with value or whatever. We're talking about actual hard currency, actual right. precious metals. And so in order to tax people... They would actually have to convince them, probably by the threat of violence or whatever, but they would still have to actually convince them to send those coins in Mm -hmm. as opposed to what they can do now with the central bank, which is to just print money, hit the printer button or increment numbers in a computer system, and they can have all the money that they want to in an instant. Mm -hmm. So it would have been a completely different system, a system that would have actually disincentivized things like going to war. Uh, because the people would have had to have actually funded the war directly right. instead okay, of through so the printing the press. The system that, that, that used to exist in this country that it was designed for would have made war as we know it completely impossible. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I mean, if you look into history like World War One, every single one of these countries was on a fiat system. They were all money printing, every mm-hmm. last one of them. America didn't even enter until after we had a money printing system because you cannot have a modern war without printing money. Like uh, historians, because war, people won't stand for it. Right? Well, no, because it's physically impossible. So uh, you just can't. You literally cannot gather the taxes, which is how you would have to do it if you weren't printing money. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, that's what I mean. If 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 people aren't willing to support it, then no, no. It's I over. mean, it's physically impossible to gather the kind of money that really? you need. To, yeah. to wage war, even right. if even if you've got a warmongering that is the populace, only way. even if you have like a huge warmongering populace that's like all in and let's kill people, yeah, they'll give you. Every, that's no? correct. Really, it I would mean, still you, be impossible. It, like it depends on what you're defining as war, but we're talking mm-hmm. like modern warfare, where yeah. like your country Tanks has and bombs. And, uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you would you could still have like war like people, you know, groups of people who are you know like raiders or pirates or something like that. But so, you couldn't wage war in the modern sense. Yeah. Uh, consider everything before the Civil War. Mm. And historians will always refer to the Civil War as the first modern war. And they will usually talk about this in terms of technology. But technology production follows funding. And they and for the Civil War, they printed the so-called greenback. And mm-hmm. that's when we had the first paper currency, the printable money that you can just print as much as you want that mm. isn't backed by anything at all. And that's when you had the first modern war so every war before the civil war shows you what it would be like to try and wage a war on uh, on a decent currency Hmm. and and you'll notice they all end 
Whereas today, yeah, they just go on forever. Yeah, there is twenty years in no Afghanistan. Certainty that any war will ever end. Hmm. Uh, the final thought here from this, uh, not that there's much thought to this this article, but uh, he says the main criticism against minting the coin appears to be that it might worsen inflation. But the truth is no one knows because we've never tried it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Talk about somebody who has zero economic understanding. Oh, about- the, hasn't the government dumped you know, trillions <laughs> of dollars into the economy and it's resulted in inflation? Like. <laughs> In the last couple of years? Yes, yes, that's exactly what's happened. And now there's another $1.7 trillion spending bill that they're yeah. Yeah, the, rolling out. The fact of the matter is that we're not going to change the amount of money that we print. So we're just changing which way we do it. Now, you can make your little platinum coin and print a bunch of money into the economy that way, mm-hmm. or we can just do it the way that we've been doing it and loan all of that money into existence. But it's still money printing. You know, I kind of wish they would go about the the direction of the platinum coin or whatever make 31 of them and you know pay quote unquote pay off the debt just because it would piss off all of the big you know the comp- or the uh, the countries around the world that are holding those you know the treasury bonds right like they're they're the ones that have that's who yeah, that debt's that's owed to for the most part right like it's japan it's china it's all these other these governments of the world and this would just basically be the the federal government dropping all this inflation in all at once paying off all the you know their debt holders well, and creditors ideas, man. and i mean it would it would destroy the american economy so well, there's the downside there's that downside but or upside depending on how you though so, yeah, the, the largest holders are the, the countries just because mm-hmm. they have more money than corporations usually do if they're a major country. Mm. But uh, there's a very short drop off after that. And the largest corporations are the next largest. So holders like Walmart and those guys. Huh? Exactly. Mm. You, like every Fortune 500 company, as far as I know, they all have treasuries. That's how you stabilize your risk in mm. that world is you go, oh, too much risk. Better add some treasuries. Oh, not enough risk. I'll buy something other than treasuries. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So every single corporation that exists, as far as I know, especially every major corporation, would suddenly be gunning for you. Well, I mean, it wouldn't make me cry to see the major corporations take it no, on the chin either. But it does give you an idea of why they don't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, like, like you said, there's just no chance that this uh, is going to happen. This will go back to the usual uh, political wrangling and fighting yeah. and play acting like they're not going to raise the debt ceiling and then they're ultimately going to raise it and, and I don't know what it'll be 34 35 trillion or there'll be a whole next. bunch of news stories where all the news anchors basically repeat the same sort of you know taglines and slogans about well if they don't raise the debt ceiling there's good could be catastrophe because mm-hmm. well we keep hearing it over and over now you might be willing to you know take bets on is there going to be a government shutdown how long is it going to be because not long enough happen. I mean, it won't be a real one, no. and it certainly won't be long <laughs> enough, and it certainly won't be deep enough, because wouldn't it be lovely if anything, they just had to stop oppressing people? Anything short of, of forever isn't enough. Yeah. 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 But this is going to go exactly the same way that it always has. Uh, the number, if you want to join us here, at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So, uh, Peekless, you had a story that is a bit of an uplifting piece about parents getting their kids out of government school 
apparently somebody's run the numbers and looked measurable at, progress. Yeah, somebody's looked at the different states. Is there? Does it actually tell us like the whole range of which states are the worst, which states are the best, or is no, it just focus no, on, on New Hampshire? It does not. Okay, it just uh, mostly func- uh, uh, focuses on New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire public school enrollment plunge, worst in nation, even as taxpayer funding soars. Uh, who wrote that headline? I mean, best in nation. Yeah, best in nation is exactly <laughs> how I would write that. Uh, Where's this from? Com. Patch. Okay. Um, let's see I gotcha. here. That's kind of a, I don't know. I don't know if it's lefty, but it's definitely status. Uh, New Hampshire Journal News Partner. I don't know. Got it. Um According to the National Center for Education Statistics, Granite State public school enrollment fell by 14% between 2009 and 2020. Nice. Did their budget go down 14% between those Mm. years? Uh, That would be new. No, definitely not. They go up every year. I I remember (laughs) when we covered the one place where we're like, hey... Let's cut the budget to be, oh, I don't know, significantly more than private school for every single child would cost, but not, say, more than double what private school for every single child would cost. And, man, they ginned up enough people to cut that short. You're talking about the Croydon situation? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, it really just goes to show that we have so much more work to do uh, here in New Hampshire. There's fact. There's, it's still way too easy for the status forces to fearmonger people about, oh, the loss of the government schools. We can't lose. Children won't get educated if we don't have government schools well, and all the fearmongering. And, and factually, you're taking away people's daycare. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So regardless of what people say. Right. Pay attention to what people do. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that cringy reaction they get when you talk about no more public school. <gasps> Who will watch my kids for me all day long? <laughs> I don't know. Hire someone. Well, right, but Figure I mean that's out. that's you know to them that's free, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Right. That's how people feel about it. They feel that that's free, even though they're paying for it. No, yeah. Let me tell you, probably half your rent in New Hampshire is going to yeah. private or going to these government schools. Yeah. Well, but hey, some of us are stealing money from the rest of you to mm. get government daycare. That's true. And what? Are we, how are we going to afford the, the daycare if we can't yeah. steal from you? Yeah. And people immediately think, they go, well, daycare is so expensive, particularly compared to what I have to pay for public school, right? (laughs) Because they don't see the real cost of what they're paying. Right. Public schools across the U.S. are losing students, and New Hampshire is leading the way. Excellent. Yes. Yes, we are. We're going to talk more about it uh, coming up here in moments, especially if you are a parent out there, if you want to weigh in on this. Maybe you have had this experience of having your son or daughter going to government school. And then pulling them out, and, you know, it's been a year or two years or whatever, and you can, you know, reflect and tell us what it's been like, you know, how has uh, your kid benefited from this, what have the challenges been? Uh, the number 603-283-6160. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Forkfest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before Porkfest. Forkfest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. 
You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live. You can join us. Uh, you can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian and Peoples Mountaineer and Captain Kickass here in the studio here tonight. You can always join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. I want to say thanks to Damian Williams, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. You can join AMPS as Damien has done for as little as five bucks a month. And it's still just five bucks a month, even though five dollars won't even buy you uh, 12 eggs anymore in some <laughs> some places. Right. Uh, it's yeah, Six dollar eggs, yo. Five bucks is the new one, it seems like. Yeah. These days. Yeah, sure does. But you can help yep. us out. And it makes a difference still. $5 does make a difference for us. We appreciate it. And uh, so thank you, Damien, to everybody else that helps us out with the AMPS program. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. I put up a story over at freetalklive.com with details on how to contribute also directly to Riley Blake, who's a gentleman who spends, I don't know how much time every day. He listens to the whole show. So that's like, you know, two three or three hours. hours. And uh, then he edits that show down to somewhere less than an hour's worth of content. Uh, and he does that all for, for donations. We were able to pay him for a short period of time. But unfortunately, uh, the advertising money here has completely run dry on uh, on Free Talk Live. So we're, we're going straight to the listener, straight to uh, direct support. And so if you want to support Riley, go to freetalklive.com. You'll find the links there. He's got crypto links. You can contribute crypto directly to him. He's got his own Patreon uh, as well. So you can help Riley out over at uh, just go to freetalklive.com. You'll find us the latest blog post there. And again, you can help us directly at uh, the AMPS program, AMPS. Dot freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones here. I think this is Jet. Jet, are you with us? And let me quickly shut off this noise. Um, I was calling. Well, I'll, I'll also say that I'll uh, I'll redo some of my contribution there for you. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of into these First Amendment orders lately. Yeah. Like Breaking yeah, the, the Flaw, uh, who's uh, one of our co-hosts on uh, Thursdays sometimes. The idea they're using the, the camera uh, to kind of keep these government people in check, mm-hmm. going to various things. Well, you probably heard this um, this quote. I'm not sure who it's from. I could look it up, I suppose. But it says, where the government fears the people, um, there, okay, so, yeah, where the government fears the people, there's liberty. And where the people fear the government, there is tyranny. Yep. Now, what I've noticed is, in a lot of these cases, you'll find that the government people, whether it's police or just, uh, you know, clerks or whatever, they they just hate this camera thing. Um, mm, oh yeah. So, because because normally these psychos love to intimidate and harass and actually cause harm to people. This uh, this causes them to pause. And to take a break from that and to think twice 
Um, what's really interesting well, I don't know if it causes them to think twice. Sometimes they just freak out and they want to cause harm to the person and do cause harm to the person holding the camera. They'll either physically assault them directly and or yeah. call the police to uh, commit the assault uh, against the individual holding the camera. But it is always entertaining to watch, that's for sure. And kudos to these guys for being willing to put themselves uh, in harm's way of these psychopaths. Absolutely. It's yeah, incredibly brave does, of them. Yep. It does happen. But what I've been noticing more and more, and maybe it's just the ones that are uploaded, you know, to the YouTube or whatever, they're, um, they really are, you know, once they're, once they're challenged and they're actually warned, say, hey, you know, be sure you know what you're doing. Because you could be opening yourself up to lose your uh, qualified immunity. You know, I could attach your uh, pension. I can sue you directly, that kind of stuff. But anyway, there's this fellow. Uh, his name is Jeff Gray. He, um, I think he's one of those who started PNAC, the photography is not a crime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, his thing now is to incorporate all of the First Amendments into his, uh, what, what he does. He goes out and he stands in front of some place holding a sign. And, it, and what he does, he, wrote, he writes it on a cardboard so it looks like a homeless thing. Mm -hmm. And he dresses kind of, he doesn't dress shabbily or anything, but just, you know, um, plainly. Yep. Uh, and, this, and the sign says, God bless the homeless vets. So he kind of covers a whole spectrum of things from the freedom of religion mm -hmm. to freedom of speech, freedom of press assembly and protest and um what's really interesting about it is almost every time he gets accused of soliciting or, or panhandling and and it's surprising how many of these uh bureaucrats and and just um i don't know what to call them like i said the psychos don't understand that the supreme court if they believe in that have actually has actually um resolved that panhandling and uh, is not a crime it's, it's a, protected free speech protected speech yeah, yeah just to clarify where is this guy going with the sign is he just standing on the side of the road or is he actually going out in front of like government bureaucracy yeah he's going out in front of either the city building or a library or huh. um i'm not sure if he's ever gone in front of a police station but I'm actually um, really surprised to like hear that because uh, back in Denver, that was one of the easiest things to get uh, arrested for. Is was uh, panhandling? Yeah, panhandling. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting stuff. And what I'm saying is that um, he must be making a living off this. He and some of these people mm -hmm. because uh, because he's willing to just say, you know, be careful what you're doing because you can put yourself in your in your department or your uh, organization in some big hot water for doing this. And of course, he has been very successful in that. But it, what I'm saying here is it's just more than using the camera. It's actually covering all these, um, all these First Amendment freedoms all wrapped up in one. So when they, when they say, well, we've been told that you're panhandling, we're going to, we've got to move you along, we've got to arrest you if you don't move. You know, he, he stands on all of these things. So as far as, Rather than just photography alone, you know, the press thing mm -hmm. that most of these people are doing. I just wanted to pass that along. And what was his name? Jeff Gray? Jeff Gray. Yeah. And what was his channel? Do you remember his channel name? Uh, yeah, it's Honor Your Oath. Um, and it's, it says uh, First First Amendment or 
called Freedom or something like the Liberty Investigator or something. Okay, like cool. That. I wonder if yeah. he's an Oath Keeper or something. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, um, and, and what I was going to say what I like about him, too, he, he keeps his videos short. There's hmm. one guy that's really good, but he it's like he does hour-long videos. And I'm going, come on, I understand. And it's kind of fun to hear you and listen to you for five, ten minutes of the most but after that is yeah i think that is uh one of the challenges for these guys i mean for instance our our friend joa he does you know two three hour long uh videos or 40 minute or hour you know typically they're an hour or more in some cases and that's just because he's he's doing a live stream where he's in you know he starts at a certain point and he doesn't stop streaming just you know that way no one can claim oh you edited the footage you cut out a part where you were insulting the cop right you know okay here it is here's the unedited version now he does put some edited ones up but they don't come out as often and i suspect that's just because it's a lot takes a lot of time you know right. editing is a time consuming thing and yeah. uh you know as much as i want these guys to make money at this some not all of them make a bunch of money right, right. so like if you're not rolling in dough you can't afford to hire an editor like i'm sure these guys would rather be out doing more of the on the streets getting out there and recording yeah. than they would want to do the editing side of things so you know it'd be great if these guys could get uh, get more support for what they do and and also more, for more. lawyers uh attorneys to team up with these guys it's yeah. really this could be you know these guys could be a money maker for an attorney uh, like a smart attorney yeah. who can c- come in there and help these guys with uh, the countersuits and and defense and things like that uh possibly make a career off of this well what i've learned I've learned so much on this. I'm thinking about putting together a little handbook, things about, you know, what what to say in response. Do it. Um, when, when it is uh, that you have to show your ID, when you don't have to show ID, that kind of thing. It's really, it's really interesting to where you can uh, learn a lot about protecting your individual rights. Very good. Thanks for the call tonight, Jet. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. There's like this whole community of these guys. Uh, Joa, who is yeah. our sort of our guy, he's on the show pretty regularly. Uh, he's always calling out to them and, uh, you know, letting us know what's been going on with some of their situations. With uh, They're always getting caught up in arrests for a bunch of BS, you know, completely nonviolent, victimless crimes and just just getting charged up with a bunch of nonsense and then they have to constantly go to court. I mean, it's, it's a tough job because, you know, when you get arrested for a living, <laughs> it gets harder right, and harder yeah. uh, over time because, well, if you end up getting convicted for some of that stuff, then they'll just say, oh, well, this person's a convict. They've got a criminal record and judge, you need to sentence them harder, which right. is why we always said that, uh, like, you know, we did a lot of civil disobedience here in the early days in New Hampshire, and it doesn't happen as often now because it's just not a sustainable activity. You cannot uh, continue to do civil disobedience and get convicted right. because then it'll get more and more uh, you know, stringent punishments. So you really have to win every yeah, single case the, if the you risk, want to avoid that. The risk in confronting the beast is always going to be there, You know, no matter how you do it. Right. What I do like about things like the First Amendment Auditors, Joa, yeah. is the use of the technology, right? Because 
you, when we talk about police state, we talk about the, the subheading of surveillance state, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it exists today, more cameras under the purview of your governments than ever has existed in the history of mankind, not to mention they can spy on your cell phones at will, et cetera, and so on. So there's so many cameras now that the only way to sort of fight back is for principled people to use cameras to the advantage of exposing what kind of a-holes these guys are. Yeah, and they expose themselves. You yeah. just get the the video. Yeah. That's all. And you people, put it out like, there. People who uh, don't sort of swim in the waters of freedom and liberty, when they first see some of these videos, mm-hmm. somebody doing civil disobedience, even if it's an older video, just the shock of load on their face. Of like, it's, sure. it, it's just perplexing. Like, how, how can... And I was there. Mm-hmm. I was sort of under the rapture of, of brainwashing of statism at some point in my life. And I don't like I don't know how I could have ever been that way, but yet I was. But when you see it on somebody else's face, it's really a life affirming moment because hmm. you're like, yeah, that's right, that's how it really is. I want to go to the phones here. Uh, we got another caller on the line. What's your name, caller? You're on Free Talk Live. My name's Whit. I what? live in Ormond Beach, Florida. Welcome, sir. You're on the air. I just I've been listening to you guys for three or four months, off and on, on Saturday nights and Sundays. We're on. Uh, WNBB in Daytona Beach, and I'm really intrigued by the things that you say. Um, I want to, you know, help my family to be more free. Now I'm an older person. I'm 63. My Mm -hmm. wife's 59. She's actually from New Hampshire. Nice. But um, I'm wondering what kind of steps that we could take being down here to get to the point. Get to that point. What, what point would you, would you like that? to reach? You guys sound like you've got it going on. You know? um, you're, the things that you seem to believe in are things that I believe in also. Free, ab, absolute freedom. I'm willing to fight for it. So is my family. Um, I hear you talking about uh, moving to New Hampshire. Is there a particular town or is it just getting into New Hampshire? And what, I mean, why New Hampshire? as opposed to any other places. That is the most effective way to fight it, is to come to New Hampshire. Um, Usually what people do is they sort of, uh, they usually start out in Manchester and very few people stay there, is what I've seen happen. Um, For uh, families, uh, the uh, seacoast is is very popular, uh, a little more expensive, but... um, but Yeah, I mean, what what we need to win this is a community. And the most simple and effective way of establishing a community is to be in the geographical presence of other people that share your values. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question of why New Hampshire, there were 101 reasons uh, why originally. What happened was the Free State Project was formed in 2001, and there were 10 candidate states that were chosen, all based on having less than 1.5 million population. They excluded Rhode Island and Hawaii because of corruption. Uh, So besides those two, the 10 lowest population states were the options, and each state had its advocates, you know, oh yeah, move here. Okay, so they all came up with their pitch as to why the members of the Free State Project should vote, because there was a vote that happened once they hit 5,000 members, and the members of the first 5,000 people then decided which state would be the destination. So the answer why New Hampshire is because the people who were advocating for New Hampshire did a better job. Uh, than all of the other uh, nine candidate states, and they killed them. I mean, they they blew them out of the water. The New Hampshire folks came up with what was called the 101 Reasons 
that Liberty lives in New Hampshire. It was an, originally a text list. Uh, it became a PDF file at some point. It became a uh, hour-long documentary film, which you can still see. It's a little dated over at 101reasonsfilm.com. But also, it's being redone now. The new list is out. The 101 Reasons has been updated completely yeah. for 2022. It came out at the end of 2022. That is linked over – you can still go to 101reasonsfilm.com, and I put a link up there at the top of the page to the, the new version of this, which is free to download. There's a printed book that you can purchase as well on Amazon. It's all completely up to date. They added a bunch of new stuff. They took out some old stuff. And uh, so there's 101-plus reasons, and there's a lot of them. I mean, there's just uh, from political accessibility of the, the 400 state reps that we have here that you know makes it really easy to get involved in the system, if that's the kind of thing that you want to do, yeah, to I, I, gun I freedoms. I that uh, a huge part of, the, of why this ended up being the best place to choose uh, it really had to do with the, the 400 representatives. So it was just really, really difficult to add a bunch of completely unnecessary and backward regulation. So where in other states it was a lot easier to add all of these things because, well, corruption and every time you pass a law you make a new job. Whereas here it was just really difficult to get them passed so no one really bothered. And also there just weren't, by way of comparison to other states, uh, New Hampshire had fewer laws than any other state. There's some, like, if you suppose that uh, there's some success, and one of the, the successes I'd like to see is secession of mm-hmm. New Hampshire from the United States. Uh, now, let's just assume that that happens. Uh, there's some very good reasons why New Hampshire uh, would be a state to choose. There's a border to the north of Canada, and there's also a seaport. So, like, goods can come and go, you know, as if New Hampshire was its own country, uh, that type of a thing. So, And there's a whole bunch of other reasons than that. Like, But that's just supposing that we have some success. There's some very good reasons why New Hampshire makes it a good place. Uh, just to the, ran the numbers here, uh, you said, Wit, that you're calling from, you're calling from Florida. Uh, there are 120, it looks like, state representatives in the state of Florida for 21.78 million population. Doing the math, that's 181,500 people per so-called representative here in New Hampshire with 400 state reps for roughly 1.4 million people. It's more like 3,500 or so or a little less uh, people per state rep. So it's a much smaller "Quote unquote representative, yeah. you know, number." And, and what do the reps get paid here? Hundred dollars a year plus bucks a small year. So gas you're, you're getting people oh, wow. that want to be in these positions, not people that are there to make it a career. You're getting right. generally people from a community who, you know, at at the very least have some sort of civic responsibility, if not a philosophy of no, screw that, we're that's too expensive, yeah, or we're not doing that, that's dumb. They're not only are they not career politicians in many cases they're also not lawyers right in a lot of cases which yeah. is what you usually get in state houses all across the u.s i mean these are just a few of the the reasons that we're talking about here but to come back to the community aspect mm-hmm. i think that's that wasn't the 101 you know wasn't in the original set of 101 reasons because that community didn't really exist but now there's nothing like it now there's there's nowhere else on the planet that has this concentration of liberty-minded people people who understand the non-aggression principle the idea that it's not okay to use uh, aggressive force to achieve your goals in life and to actually have that community of people is it's it's invaluable i mean it's amazing oh, yeah 
Well, two of the things that really stand out to me about having that community, I mean, in addition to all of the just general things of like having people to talk to about these things that actually get it. Mm-hmm. So the 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 economic side of it, that there you will be able to get just about anything you want for cryptocurrency or for gold or for silver out here. And you can't really do that anywhere, anywhere else. else. And yeah. the the homeschooling. Because, like, uh, the the biggest issue with schooling is, like, oh, well, the public school system already has this whole system set up. Yeah. Well, out here, we have a whole community of homeschoolers. So you can actually negotiate with people. So, okay, well, I can do this day, and I'll watch these kids then, and you'll watch them then, and you'll watch them then. And then there's people that uh, that come here that have ideas that they're like, well, how come this hasn't been done yet? Well, because we don't have enough people. Right. So like if you have an idea like that and you come here, do that, like because we yeah. need people like that. We, we need, need leaders. We need doers for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wit, uh, any thoughts on that? It's I mean, it sounds great, but he's, he's hit on one of the things that would have been a question for me. Like, well, two, two actually one was from a monetary standpoint, but if cryptocurrency and gold and silver and all that are how you would buy and sell things that answers that question but what about likelihood of succession is that something that's very likely well it just depends in comparison to all of the other states i say yes i mean texas has a pretty good independence movement down there but we've had a little more progress uh, politically than they isn't it than like they have? Uh, isn't it something like 30 percent of uh, new hampshire people are fine with seceding roughly it's a 29 percent was the poll that was done over the the summertime uh, and that's the details on that over at nhexit.us it actually was 52 percent of republicans mm. who said they were in favor of new hampshire being its own independent nation so I think that's a good starting point. You know, it's not a done deal yet. There's, there's still a lot of our neighbors that need to be convinced on this issue. But the good news is the more insane stuff that comes out of Washington, D.C., and you can guarantee that they're going to continue. I mean, the gas stove thing recently pushed a few people over the, the edge, from what I understand, on the idea of independence. So, I mean, they're going to keep doing crazy stuff, regardless of whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans. There's going to be more spending, more warmongering, more insanity. And that's going to make it easier and easier to convince our neighbors that... That, uh, that peaceful independence is the answer again. Yeah, I would bet that we're going to secede before anyone does just because the the uh, critical mass that you have to hit population-wise here is just such an easier target. Mm-hmm. So, like, as people move to, uh, to Florida and to Texas to get more and more liberty, but you have these giant, giant cities there with so many yeah. people. Yeah, if you so, want to get 1% of a population for any kind of a movement, any kind of social movement, uh, that is far more difficult to do in a heavily populated area or a large city as opposed to a small state right i get that well i appreciate you taking so much time with me and um is there like a website or something that i that i could go to yeah check out uh check out the free state project theirs is freestateproject.org and nh and uh and well nh exit if you're interested in uh, independent stuff nhexit.us and then, uh, of course, the 101 Reasons mm. that Liberty Lives in New Hampshire. Dig through that. Go to 101reasonsfilm.com. Click to the new version of it, the new text version. The new movie hasn't come out yet. That They're working on that. Watch the be, old movie. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. And most of it's probably still I think he's 63. It'll be modern yeah, to him. Okay. So, yeah, check it out. And uh, feel free to call back with any other questions. Uh, Wit, definitely appreciate hearing from you. Thanks, yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks. no problem. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. You know, it's not going to be an easy road. 
right? Yeah. Like getting out of the United States, they're not going to be happy about that. What will they do as a result? There's a lot of fear mongering that keeps people uh, on the side of staying yeah. in. <laughs> Property taxes, States. fear, 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 right? You know? Well, no, it's winter, fear, fear, fear. Like I, mean, I was talking are... about it on secession. I was talking oh, about uh, people that are afraid about what the federal government might do. But yeah, I mean, if you're afraid of winter, then you don't belong here. Um, you know, <laughs> good luck out there. Wussy. But yeah, I mean, look, I don't like I don't like it when I lose circulation in my toes. But uh, yeah, still, there's a price yeah. to pay for freedom. People have been living in four season, <laughs> you know, weather yeah. for longer than I've been alive. So yeah, it's I fine. mean, in the modern world, it's just really not that big of a concern. I mean, you keep your house heated, you keep yep. your business heated, you keep your car heated. Like yeah. what's you uh, deal with it? Yeah. Yeah. Hire some kids to you know shovel your driveway or you know yeah sure by with a snowblower or whatever. And with it's gold fine. Packs. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Le- learn how to layer your clothing if you want to be outside for a long period of time. It's really not that difficult. And the thing is, like, there's a huge trade off there where, like, you know, should the worst of all possibilities occur, and uh, they're like, no, you can't leave. Well, it's going to be real like, hard to roll tanks in here. Yeah, like mm. if somebody's like, oh, I really want to come but winter i'm like well then you don't belong here anyway yeah because if your freedom is less important than winter right or if winter is more important to you that or lack of winter is more important than your freedom get out of here you're not serious and especially if you're trying to raise decent children because we have an extraordinary network up here that you just can't find pretty much anywhere else and even before that new hampshire ranked as the top place to raise kids just because you know there's not a lot of crime and it's just a beautiful place and people here are friendly uh there's more coming up here hour number two is on the way you can join us it's back speaking of raising the kids we got to get back into getting them out of government school which is coming up in hour two Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour here of this live Saturday show. The number, number two. You want to join us here? <laughs> 603-283-6160. I just like saying number two. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Uh, bring up anything you want to discuss. We were getting into the very beginning of a story that you had, uh, Peakless, about New Hampshire leading the rest of the country as far as parents getting their kids the hell out of the government indoctrination system government schools and round uh, of applause everybody let's call them what they are they're not public schools they're government schools they're there to indoctrinate your children into the government the pro-government belief systems the the statist if you will belief systems like wh- whatever i think the definition of school is uh certainly does not apply to the government this government institution yeah. i mean none of the things that we tend to believe i mean not we we but americans tend to believe about their government he said we would we. ever have uh, have passed the slightest sniff test if they hadn't gotten us over a decade of indoctrination Mm -hmm. to oh this is what oh they work for you yeah public servants i mean we are the government yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean all ah, the lies your basic five senses will tell you that none of that is ever occurring Mm -hmm. but if they keep telling it to you and keep telling it to you especially when you are you know young and sort of trying to learn what the world is about well then it just gets sort of hardwired in uh very foundational levels of your mind yeah don't forget the uh everyday forced pledge of allegiance Mm -hmm. indoctrination pledge as well socialist by the way written by an actual socialist in the Mm -hmm. late 1800s Mm -hmm. here's the definition noun 
Uh, an institute, a school, okay. the word school, noun, an institution for educating children. Well, that doesn't apply to government schools, so mm. it doesn't even meet the definition. Well, I mean, they do the bare minimum, right? Like, they, eh, there's still some value in having people know how to read and do basic math, although it's certainly well, not. Of course yeah. there's value in all of that, but yeah. is that the primary function of this no, government institution? No, no, no. That's, well, no, it's like less than 1% of what they actually do. Yeah. Well, uh, 20% of, uh, of kids end up uh, functionally illiterate, so they're mm-hmm. not teaching yeah. reading One in five well. graduates. Yeah, of right, high school right, yeah. are functionally illiterate. Graduates, uh, the uh, they're illiterate, they're innumerate, they're full of nonsense. Now, I will say they do a great job of schooling. Now, if you think of a school of fish, oh well, you have this little glom where all of them move together, and mm-hmm. no one of them makes any particular decision. Yes, they do that very well. Now, education is not what they do because. To educate is to bring something out. Right. There is a doctrine that you are bringing out of them, whereas indoctrination is a doctrine that you are putting into them, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it is. It's a slave training system. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the numbers that you were sharing with us were from 2009, I think, all the way through what year? Yep. Uh, fall of 2009 through fall of 2020. Okay, so we still don't even have the full numbers from the right. COVID fallout. Right. I mean, there, there definitely were some people that had left by the fall of 2020, but I'd like to see through the fall of 2021, you know, and maybe yep. see if that takes it from 14% to 16 or 17% or something like that, because uh, there was a significant amount of people that decided, okay, well, we're just not going to send our kids back. Well, nationwide, that number did drop uh, two years in a row, so the COVID year and then you know, when COVID started and then the year after it, uh, the, the number of the number of uh, enrollments in public school mm-hmm. dropped yeah. for a consecutive year right. after, you know, COVID was supposedly over. Right. Because people were forced. I mean, this is one of the, the good things. There weren't a lot of good things about COVID, but this was one of the good uh, sort of outputs was that mm-hmm. people were forced to try something different yep. with uh, their child's education and they were also able to see for the first time what the government education quality, quote unquote, actually yeah, was. It was a re- right. revelatory experience for a lot of parents to see this is what they do with our kids. Right. Because they were forced to be at home also at the same time that the kids were at home. And so, therefore, they could for the first time, because usually you would have to take time off from work and then go and sit in on a class. And, you know, no one's going to, most people aren't going to take the time to yeah. do that. Yeah, I mean, obviously that isn't a thing that people do. Otherwise, I would remember from school, oh, yeah, yeah this person's parent is sitting in today. Almost never. Because, wait, wait, can you yeah. do that as a parent? You can go sit in in your kid's class? I wouldn't hope you so. You can. Uh, you have to uh, sort of go through a rigmarole and fill out, fill out, a, and fill out a form or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get a license. Get a pat yeah. down. <laughs> go through the metal detector. Well, and a lot of this is reminiscent of the, the same uh, uh, obstructions to transparency that you find in the court system and that you find... Uh, with the First Amendment or, yeah, the First Amendment auditors. Like, no one wants you taking uh, video of this no. because then they find out mm-hmm. what you've been doing. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. just about everyone who actually, like, takes the time to to watch this goes, wait, that? That is the quality of education. Uh, Carlin Borshenko, who was, uh, she's a doctor and she uh, ran for governor here in New Hampshire we had this her on the show last on. time around. We did have her on right before the election. 
And she had an interesting proposal to this end, which was that if she were put into office, she would support the idea of having a camera installed in every government school classroom. That would be amazing. That would be pointed at the blackboard or the whiteboard or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the purpose wasn't to watch the kids because that was one of the objections. She goes, oh, you're going to violate the kids privacy. Well, no, the purpose is to watch what the teacher is doing. Well, you're going to violate the teacher's privacy. Well, they're a government employee and we should be able to see what they're doing should be 100% and anyone transparent. should be able to see it not just the parents but any taxpayer should be able to see those feeds from those government school yep. mm-hmm. uh, classrooms boy did she get a lot of and pushback from the teachers association the types. fact that you can't that that's not mm-hmm. already a thing not only in schools but in every government institution mm-hmm. should be very revealing to those of you listening who are like well but, uh, blah, blah, blah. no the government doesn't want you to have any visibility into what they do and how they do it they want you blind and uninvolved mm-hmm. that's why this stuff is not transparent already the very idea that these people are fighting to have teachers have private time with their kids is deeply disturbing to me I do not want some unknown adult to have private time with my kids. That's insane. And okay, this is a public school, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so not private. The expectation of privacy comes with being in private. Indeed. Right. Yeah. So people are getting their kids out of these schools. You said New Hampshire's at a record 14% That's right. uh, downturn in enrollment, meaning people are pulling their kids out. Not just that people aren't enrolling them in the first place, but we're specifically talking about the, you know, they had a certain number and now they have a few, you know, 14% fewer. Is that correct? That's right. And Axios uh, reported that uh, according to the National Center for Education Statistics, uh, enrollment fell by 14%. Uh, as I said, between fall of uh, 2009 and fall of 2020, mm. and that 14% rate is projected to continue until 2030, emptying Great. even more classrooms. Let's get, it needs to go up. 14 yeah, is not good we, enough. I agree. How do we I turbocharge agree. that? It needs well, to be 14% a year is what it should be. Well, no, and, and that's uh, and that's the thing. If it's dropping by 14% every, yeah, it would be nice. If, it was 14% if over a, a decade. Yeah. But even so. even then, it's at least encouraging. And they say that this will continue for the next decade. I think they're mistaken. I think it will increase significantly. I sure hope so. Me too. I mean, it's got to be, you know, to some extent, word of mouth is uh, is playing a factor here where mm-hmm. parents are getting their kids out of school. They're taking them into unschooling or homeschooling, or maybe they're sending them to a private school or something like that. So there's mm-hmm. all these different options. Uh, but then they're going to talk to the other parents. You know, some parents are going to see them at a, a, a party or something like that. They're going to say, hey, how's it going with your kids uh, not going to the government school anymore? And they're going to say, you know what? It's been great. Little Johnny, he gets to direct his own learning now. He doesn't have the bullies uh, to deal with at the school. He doesn't have to deal with the lunchroom or whatever, right? Like there's all these benefits yeah. from from not going to government school. And you talk to people that have had homeschooling and been doing unschooling for you know years and they're huge advocates for it mm-hmm. they know what it's like they know the they know the perks and they know that that their kids really love uh, love to do it i mean it's it's rare i suspect that you'll get uh, a young person leaving the government school trying out the independence of unschooling or homeschooling and then actually wanting to go back right, to yeah. the, the you'll hell. get the opposite of that where somebody who's homeschooled all their life they decide at some point like, hey you know what i can I just do public school for a year or something like that? You'll get that. But I think that you're right. If you start out in public school and you pull your kids out, and once those kids do experience that freedom, they never want to go back. 
Right. And what I think is really going to drive this in the future is you have to remember that this is a decade over decade thing. So Mm -hmm. these kids are coming out without having been deeply traumatized continually for a decade. Mm. So people are going to interact with people who haven't been deeply traumatized, who haven't been. uh, I mean, the thing is. All of this education has a tendency to make you less capable and less capable. That's what it's designed for. Right. So they're going to interact with people who haven't had these shackles placed around their ability to educate themselves. So the kids that come out of actually learning and being raised by your own parents mm-hmm. are going to be very well-mannered. That's how you see it. They're going to be very sociable, and they're going to be extremely capable people. So when And then find, they're going to have kids. Right. Yep. They're going to have kids. And how many people are going to go, yeah, well, I mean, all of my managers were homeschooled because they're the only ones that are actually <laughs> capable of anything. <laughs> yeah, and Maybe I should homeschool my kids. And here's, here's the thing I was thinking about. Uh, they say that children are, are mimics, right? They mimic whatever mm-hmm. their environment is, right? So homeschool children are around more adults, arguably, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, people who are older than them, than they are around children their same age. Right. Whereas in public school, they're around more children their same age than they are adults. So what are they more likely to mimic? The behaviors of right. competent adults who, you know, have their crap together, so to speak, and, you know, can have interactions in a polite way, you know, all that kind of thing, uh, be very, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, adjusted, socially right. adjusted, yeah, yeah. right? Or when they're surrounded by one adult and a whole bunch of kids right. who are completely not adjusted at all. What the is flies. their behavior going to be more like? Right. Children. And, and, yeah. and if you look at for what longer. this trains them for, it's gang behavior. Yes. So if you have a bunch of people who haven't been taught to be in a gang, who have just been taught, no, I'm a human being, you're a human being, and we might disagree about things, but we can be civil with one another. When you when you have a bunch of people who come out that way and it hasn't been destroyed from them, that, I think, is going to be a, a big spark for people to continue this trend and significantly increase it. Mm-hmm. I hope so. And then, of course, the whole, uh, what we were discussing in the last hour with the gentleman uh, Witt called from Florida... Yeah. The intentional community building that's happening here with the libertarian community where, as you pointed out, uh, Peakless, there already are homeschooling groups. There already are yeah. you know, these alternatives that people can kind of plug into and they can create these things uh, that you know, may or may not already exist. A lot of it does from what I understand. And I'm not in that community, right? I just hear things right, right? Every, you know, from, from some of these folks. Uh, but that makes a big difference too, bringing people together who value the idea of independence, who value the idea of getting your kids out of government school and creating those alternatives for parents to be able to just, you know, to have some place to go. You, a lot of people don't want to start things from scratch. Right. They want somebody else to do the, the groundwork for them, and that's fine. Not everybody's a leader. Not everybody's an entrepreneur. Um, so the more options that we have, the more we're going to have for these people with more people coming here to New Hampshire. And I think that uh, we'll see more uh, educational opportunities well and even from just a sheer uh, i don't know uh love for your children you got kids and and you say that you love them you'll do anything for them mm-hmm. well then you probably want them to have every possible edge over every other human that you can give them right, right. well the facts already sustain the belief that homeschool children do better in life post-schooling age than publicly schooled children. So that alone, if you care about your kids, you love your kids, you want them to have the edge, homeschooling alone should be the first thing you do Mm -hmm. and the thing you give the most sacrifice to to make sure that your kids have that edge. 
And one of the great things is that not only will the uh, ideas of independence not be beaten out of them mm-hmm. through uh, just the browbeating and the the shaming that happens as well as the general brainwashing that happens when you go through public school not only is that not occurring but when you are part of a community of homeschooling people you will get that value of doing things for yourself of not relying on government to solve all of your problems mm-hmm. for you so you will grow up and that will simply be your go-to action is not to hey there ought to be a law not to go for the government welfare but to go okay what can i do to get this thing accomplished right, how can i solve this problem right, right. how can i get solve this myself how can i solve this with my community mm-hmm were there so, any other takeaways from this study that you oh thought yeah. were interesting? Well, so uh, the uh, the Axios report comes out just 48 hours after the New Hampshire Department of Education released the latest data on taxpayer spending on K-12 through education. Because cities and towns continue to increase their demands for taxpayer funding for schools. Right, despite the fact that the enrollment is down. Right. They want more money. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. I mean, you... Normally, the government schools have an excuse, right? Usually the excuse is, presuming the enrollments stay flat or maybe are going up slightly, usually the excuse is, well, our test scores aren't doing so great, so we need more money to hire more teachers to be able to improve our test scores. Or if the test scores are going up, then it's like, well, we still need more money because we got to keep things status quo. we got to hire more teachers. We've got to keep the schools the best so there's always an excuse to, to bring more money into the system but if the numbers are going down of enrollments what is the excuse yeah, why do they need the more excuse right there well obviously people don't think we're doing a good job we need more money so we can uh, do a better okay. job and attract them back in exactly. yeah, that's probably one of the like m- most false beliefs about uh, public schools is that more money equals better education and it doesn't does not yeah uh, average per pupil spending in New Hampshire has hit a record nineteen thousand four hundred dollars. Wow, man! Yeah, so think of the uh, education per year. Yeah. Per year, yeah, per student per year, nineteen thousand four hundred dollars. I am sorry, but there is no uh, service that I mean, very few services cost that kind of money. And the idea that education shouldn't be like any other market uh, service yeah, right. and see, seeing innovation and seeing costs go down over time instead of continu- doubling and tripling and quadrupling. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. People should be able to save money over time by getting better educational options, more efficient uh, alternatives, un- unique ideas that are being pre- presented to the marketplace. But no, we don't get any of that. We get one size fits all government school where your kids are going to be educated to the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. If they're too smart for the class, well, they're going to be slowed down. Right. To keep up with those, you know, keep up with the rest of the class. Well, and certainly they're not going to be able to pursue what they want to learn, what they're interested Hell in. Hell no. And the thing is, the way human beings are built, we don't get to pick what interests us. It hits us out of the blue. But hey, that's what you're interested in. So that's where you're going to have an easy time learning more than other places. Now, I can at least understand why someone would believe that for something like uh, a military defense or something like that well you have to have this big coordinated thing so we have to have this very large organization to manage this but when we're talking about educating your children 
every one of them is a completely unique set of interests and abilities. So you need to avoid educating them as a block. Right. Yeah. The, the homogenization of education is detrimental to the ability for a child to learn. That's exactly right. In dozens of smaller districts where enrollment has fallen by 20% or more, the per-pupil spending has more than doubled. God. In the last 10 years. Surprise! Yep. Wow. Yep. In the seacoast community of Newcastle, spending per student soared to by nearly 300% over the past decade to nearly $45,000. Yikes. Wow. And I, and if I recall correctly, in the Croydon situation, where listeners may not be familiar, a free stater, uh, Ian Underwood, went to the town meeting, mm-hmm. and he had printed up some flyers that showed, uh, and I have not actually seen the flyer, I've just heard him talk about it, he was on our show, uh, but he printed up flyers that showed like the test scores over decades, yep. and the spending over decades, <laughs> and you can see clearly... Yeah. That you don't get better test scores by spending two times, three times, four times, five times as much. It does not translate. So with that information given to the people at the town meeting, he managed to convince the people at the town meeting to reduce the school budget by 50%. Yep. Meaning taking it from $20,000 roughly per student to $10,000, which as he pointed out was still more than what the private schools in the area were charging for education. So there, it's not a huge cut if you look at it from that perspective, right. and it would have taken it back to like 1995 levels of spending, which was still more than the private schools. And uh, so he passed, he got that passed, but then what happened was, and uh, Piklos sort of referenced this earlier in the show, what happened was there was this big outcry yeah. from the status who felt like they had gotten taken by surprise. This darn free stater went in there. He and ambushed us with and, pamphlets and, and charts. We, yeah, and we didn't know what he was going to do, and now we're going to fight. And they found some loophole in the law so, that allowed yeah. them to redo, essentially, or undo the vote. If they could get 50% of the voters in the town to show up to this undo vote, then they would be able to undo it. And unfortunately, they went literally door to door in a desperate attempt, telling lies, of course, about what had happened to persuade people uh, to do this. And they they were successful. It occurs to me that if uh, I was just kind of looking up to if the average cost per student is $20,000, right, thereabouts, to put them in in, New Hampshire, that's only 10 grand a year away from the average cost of a prisoner. In the United States yeah. prison system. Right. So, yeah. You know. Well, the prisoner has to be there 24 hours a day. Oh, that's true. So that yeah. might, it might actually be more expensive to. Because mm-hmm. they're there children. for what, eight hours a day or something like that, the students? They're about yeah. Yeah, seven-ish, right? Now, I'm real, qu- I'm real curious, though. Uh, how many people were paid to go door to door? Good question. Up all these people. Right. Because seems to me that they have this massive Democratic Party. <laughs> sure do. That no, knows none of these people. Well that if you can't indoctrinate them as children, right. they will reject socialism. Mm-hmm. None of the and people. And that's their whole bag. None of the people who showed up for the redo vote showed up for the original vote. Well, that's because they were told to stay home. The supporters of the reduction we're told, and maybe wrongfully so, uh, we're told by the supporters that if we don't show up, then the vote, w- they didn't think that there were going to be enough of the people who wanted to undo the reduction in the budget 
that they would that there would be enough of them to trigger the the vote being legitimate. So they had to have over half of the town's population show oh, no, up to but, the vote. But but either and way, so, the the original vote occurred, right? And then a right. big stink was made about it, and right. then a bunch of people showed up to undo it. Correct. And I realize that maybe not the same amount of people who were there for the first one showed up. But what I'm saying is far more people showed up to the second one to undo it than showed up for the first That's one. That's correct. If, if that was their opinion, and if they were so politically involved, well, right, they, were, they, they were showed up back. for the first one. They were resting on their laurels. They That's got caught by surprise. They were lazy, and they didn't act until somebody pitched a Karen. Yeah, well, they didn't think they had to act. They th- they figured they had it in the bag. They had total control. They were never going to have any real uh, competition. To try to undo what they were doing, and then the fact is, they were caught by surprise. And they're gonna—I bet you—they're gonna show up more uh, heavily this time around at the town meeting yeah. this year. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. So next time, if we manage something like this, have everyone show up and just don't go into the meeting until you're sure that they have enough numbers. Uh, we got well. We just got to have more people here. We just you know we need thousands more liberty-minded people here. There just aren't enough migrants uh, to. Uh, to make enough of a difference right now. But there's more coming. There's more moving here. Record numbers every year in recent years. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Especially if you want to talk about getting your kids out of the government indoctrination camps. Get them out. The government. those children. Children Day Prisons, which are uh, what the government schools are. I, I sadly know somebody that, you know, tried to do the homeschooling thing and then put their kids back into oh, public no. Because they're just, uh, dude, we just couldn't do it. It wasn't for us. We're not teachers. We're not, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be critical of my friends, but, like, they're not freedom-minded people, right? Uh, These yeah. are, you know. And it was just, like, they were used to having their kid in public school. Sure. And so it was just easier Have for someone them. else take care of it. Yeah. Trust us. We're the government. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of goes on and gets a little more political from there. Uh, uh, all the those story. darn Republicans. But uh, one thing that it does mention that I think is is really crucial just as a, a point of reference is, so there's this huge stink about these education freedom accounts. This is a thing here in New Hampshire, and I believe a few other states have yeah. something mm-hmm. similar now yeah. as well. Can you describe what a education freedom yeah, account is? So education freedom account is uh, money that you can use for uh, homeschooling, for parochial schools, or for private schools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anything other than public schools. Right. Now, the the education freedom account is $5,000. <laughs> It's not twenty. It's, like, it's know, not twenty. Nothing. Why yeah. isn't it twenty? It's Why is not it, even ten. Why is it twenty-five percent of the total? Good question. But they make an enormous stink about like, oh, you can't do this. They're suing, actually, I believe, over it. I think the teachers' uh, union <laughs> is suing over these things. Yeah, so, they're suing because people are using. This is my understanding of the case, right? I have not read their their filing or whatever, but they're suing because some people are using the money to send their kids to a religious school, and they're saying, mm-hmm. oh, 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 you can't take tax dollars and send it to a religious school, oh. and that's kind of where they're coming yeah, from yeah, on that. Yeah, you can, actually. Well, like, it's going to the District Court of New Hampshire, apparently, the, the, the federal court. Okay, but point. I mean, it's it, it's been a pretty long-established thing well, that, that if a religious organization is accomplishing something that the government wants to do, they are allowed to give a religious organization money. Well, in this case, I think they're giving the parents the money, and then the parents 
All right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, parents, if you're out there and you, you've used the actual education savings account, because none of the three of us have, right, have yeah. kids. Uh, but I believe it's the parents who get some sort of disbursement, That's and then they are deciding what to do with it. So, right. you know, that may be the linchpin in why they, this is legal as opposed to yeah. uh, Oh, what, you so mean much. parents can't autonomously make the choice for their own children? Yeah, well, that's what they're going to argue. And and ultimately, the teachers don't like this because, or the teachers' union doesn't like this because they see the numbers. They see the 14% of uh, kids that are dropping out of the government <laughs> schools and going home to go homeschooled or private schools. And they're like, crap, our job's on the line. If we don't, you know, if we lose another 14% or 30%, at some point, we're not going to be able to claim we need another 30% increase in the budget. There's public school teachers listening to this program right now yelling at their radio going, you don't know what it's like to handle a classroom of kids, blah, blah. So and quit. you're right. We don't. However, that doesn't make you a valuable part of child's education. Yeah. And I don't think they should know what it's like to handle a class full of children. Yeah. No one should know what it's like to handle 30 kids. Yeah, That's you're, crazy. You're, you're a sidearm and a baton away from being a prison guard. Mm. Right. And, and I mean, all of the literature is incredibly clear on this. The smaller the class size, the better the education. Okay. Who knew? So <laughs> if you have a class size of, say, Less than a dozen? That's better. So if you have, say, less than a dozen kids and you homeschool them, they're going to get a better education. Sure. It's it's really obvious. All of the evidence uh, shows that anything the government does is definitely not worthwhile. Right? Because so, it's too expensive for what they're accomplishing. Like, even like, if they accomplish something like yeah. getting a road built, they spent more than they had to. Yeah. Right. You know, they, they take money from people. They keep a hefty chunk for themselves. Yeah. They give a little bit to the people that actually do the thing that could very easily be provided voluntarily in a, in a market situation. And so th- this is the thing. Like, I was thinking about, like, on, on my deathbed or something, if people were like, well, why are you the way you are? Well, number one, I'm, I'm nobody's slave. Right, I, I I decide that You're I'm that into nobody. I, no, not nobody. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, oh, okay. I, I'm slave to no no other person. Right, that's number right, one. That's right, why okay. I am the way that I am. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a conscientious objector. That means that I don't believe in the authority presented to me by something called the government. That they have any mm-hmm. authority over me whatsoever because they exist in violation of consent. And they take my money and use it to murder other people, amongst other things that I don't approve of philosophically and personally. That's it. That's all anybody ever needs to say to a statist, right? Because the evidence is overwhelming. If you start looking at evidence, which most people don't do, Mm -hmm. they trust their gut or like, oh, well, I went to public school. I turned out fine. Yeah. Oh, your daddy slapped you upside the head. Did you turn out fine? Are you slapping your kids upside the head? You know? I say that's okay too. You turned out fine in the sense that okay, I mean you're you're not dead, you're paying the bills. Okay, sure. You turned out okay, fine. However, if I mean it, and it's true for both uh, uh public school and for corporal punishment, if you didn't experience those things, the the evidence is very clear that you would be significantly more successful. Right, yeah. You would be smarter, you would be healthier, you would be more mentally stable. Mm-hmm. And you would point. have more abilities. Yeah, wouldn't you have rather turned out excellent instead of just fine? Right, but, right. And also, don't you want to do better for your children? Right. Yeah, okay, you were subjected to this terrible system. That doesn't mean that you have to subject your children to it, especially when, A, it's easier than it's ever been to not put them in public school, 
and B, our evidence for the effects of that choice yeah. has never been clear. All of the evidence is overwhelming in favor of doing everything you can to keep your kids out of public schools, much less uh, looking at the larger picture where the evidence is overwhelming that the institution that mankind calls government is barbaric. It is archaic. It's ancient. It is more than useless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time for it to go. It, it is. Yeah, it, it is completely unnecessary time. and should be eliminated as soon as possible. You know, the uh, the term the state kind of refers to things staying the same right like mm, the state of a, a thing state, right yeah right uh they don't like change yeah and so i've got a story here that's sort of in reference to government so-called indoctrin or government education uh the new york city department of education uh, according to the hill.com has now banned the new artificial intelligence system chat gpt <laughs> from any of its public school networks and devices yeah. banning things because that's worked so many times before yeah that'll work yeah so, that's that's why you can't get drugs in pre in prison right because uh, of AI. no it's no, because it's, banning it's banned. Banned. it always yeah. works so like wait a minute chat and, and i think that's just one of those like it's the most obvious thing like you're not going to have a more tightly controlled circumstance than a prison uh, yeah right? I, I would just like to say on this ai topic that uh People are like, oh, it's going to replace art. No, it isn't. But if artists learn how to use AI, it's going to make art better. Right. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, this is so absolutely like, fundamentally backward in yeah. thinking. What did did you ban calculators when those came out? <laughs> they yeah. might have. Somebody invented a paintbrush. You mean we don't have to paint with our fingers anymore? Let's well, I ban remember, paintbrushes. I remember in school uh, in the 90s or whatever, they told you you can't use a calculator. They said you are not yeah, allowed to. Test, yeah, yeah, you, you can't. You got to show, show your the work, work yeah. right? And oh, you'll never be able to use a calculator in real life yeah. or whatever. What? You'll never, you'll never be able to carry one in your pocket with you everywhere you go. My my uh, eighth grade teacher yeah. used to tell me that, and like, oh, guess what? I carry one in my mm-hmm. pocket wherever I go. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that, and it's like, um, I literally have a watch that does this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, th- and this was back before you know we carried around supercomputers in our pockets, right. and, and that's the thing, like. This is a tool. You are cutting off these people from learning how to use a powerful new tool. What if AI-assisted engineering is the next big, uh, you know, employment craze? Right. Uh, When was the last time that you guys ever had to write one of those? Remember the like the five paragraph essay where you had to have the introduction, you had to have the three paragraphs Mm -hmm. on the three points Mm -hmm. that you wanted to make, and then the conclusion at the end. Right. When was the last time after high school? If ever you ever had to do that, I, I might have done it not necessarily in a have to situation, but like as part of like a presentation in like a corporate environment mm-hmm. for like a, a program I was trying to implement or something. And by program, I mean like a, a training thing, you know, where I was like, okay, here's my idea. Here's the mm-hmm. three paragraphs of like why my idea will work and then the conclusion. You know, that kind of a thing. I might have done it, but like outside of that, never. This is what they're mad at Chat GPT for doing. Because if you want to ask ChatGPT, we should explain what this is. Uh, Captain, I think you just signed up for this recently, didn't you? I haven't signed up for it yet, no. Oh, I thought you were... Oh, it was Bonnie that was doing it. Yeah. Sorry. So somebody somebody I knew um, <laughs> was signing up for this. I have uh, tested this as How well. How often do you confuse Captain for Bonnie, I wonder? We were hanging out last night, so, you know. 
You spent some time together. In, in my, just in my defense, the beard is a helpful yeah. difference. In my defense, Bonnie and I are both Gemini's. So. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Not course. that I put any stock into that, but you know. Uh, do you have you ever tried the Chat GPT? I have. I've. I haven't tried uh, any of the new uh, AI things at all. I'm too old for that fandangled <laughs> so, new stuff you kids are I, doing these days. I am kind of excited about the possibility of it, though, because like. I never really got around to learning modern programming languages, mm-hmm. but I have so many ideas for what would be fairly simple right. programs. Mm. So, like, to me, that is the, the single most exciting possibility about using AIs to write They can things. write programs for yeah. you. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's their native language, mm-hmm. and we can find out real quick if this works or not. Yeah, that's one of the things that they're doing. Uh, they, so, ChatGPT, that for listeners that don't know... Uh, this is kind of the latest iteration of artificial intelligence, quote-unquote, chat uh, technology, meaning that it's not AI art, you're not generating pictures, you are interacting with this machine learning program, for lack of a better term, and I I don't know the engineering side right. of it, so I can't get much deeper uh, on how it actually works, but essentially they ingest a ton of content from the internet about like how people write for instance, and it learns about that. And then they allow you to query this uh, this artificial intelligence, so-called, and you can ask ChatGPT. It's not so much a chat bot in that you there's certain conversations you just can't have with it, and it is kind of woke, so it's got its issues. Mm-hmm. But from a technological perspective, it's pretty fascinating. If you want to, you can ask this thing to, as you said, write a program. And it will just, in whichever kind of code you want, you want PHP, you want Java, you want, you know, spits that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people aren't going to need to do that. But if you wanted to write an essay about a certain topic, you can do that. You can mm-hmm. tell it, write an essay about why the Free State Project is the, you know, the best solution for liberty in our right. lifetime. And it will spit out a five-paragraph essay with an introduction, three, bu- <laughs> three bullet point paragraphs, and then a conclusion. And that's one of the reasons why... The New York school board here is upset at ChatGPT because it has taken this long-time state hmm. assignment of state, right, write yeah. us, you know, write us an essay on this five hundred uh, words, right. yeah. and, a thousand words, right. fifteen hundred <laughs> words, and then they, of course, give you the topic most of the time when you're in right. school, right? You don't get to actually choose the topic, so it's always well, the worst. Sometimes they let you pick between a dozen different topics. Yeah. So you can tell it what topic you want it to write on. You can tell it what you want it to write. You want to write a poem? It'll write you a poem, too. Yeah. Uh, You want it to write a script? You can write... It'll write you a script. And and can't you feed it, like, stuff along the lines of what you're wanting to get out of? So, for example, I saw a thing where, you know, a person fed an AI a whole bunch of, like, punk rock music. And then was like, mm-hmm. hey, write a punk rock song. And it spit out, you know, verse, chorus, yeah. bridge, you know, a bunch of lyrics for I suspect for a punk you don't have to song. feed this good. thing. It's already been trained. So if you wanted to write a song, you can just tell it to write a song yeah. and, it'll, and tell it what kind of song or whatever. Um, I haven't used any of this directly, but I've seen uh, I've seen others use it. And from what I've seen, like it, it, mm. it doesn't give you a finished work, but it does most of the work. And from there, it's really easy you to tweak go like, it up. Okay, no, that that cadence is wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, that could be better put this way. And like the amount of effort that it takes for these things is just incredibly low. Now, the two things that this steals from the schools, though. Number one, just straight up busy work, mm-hmm. yep. just wasting children's time so that they can stay out of their parents' hair and the parents can, you know, 
trick themselves into believing that this is helping their children when really it's just you didn't want to interact with them. Mm. Um, so that's a big part of it. Uh, so like, oh, I'm helping their education by not having to deal with my own brat kids that I didn't bother to help properly socialize. And the other thing, and this is crucial. So when you put something in your own words, it permanently moves you in the direction of believing it. Hmm. So if they make you write an essay on this subject that they've chosen, that they have chosen. And they do this mm. how many times a year? Mm-hmm. Then every time that they pick a topic, write me about this. Write me about this. Oh, and of course, the easiest thing to do is to just basically regurgitate what they have fed you on right. the subject. Well, if you want to get an A, that's what you have to do. Exactly. Right. right. So you are putting in your own words what they have taught you. Mm-hmm. Now, that permanently moves you in the direction of believing that for the rest of your life. That's a really great point. And this takes that away. This, and this just removes that entirely. This just means you know you you, you give one sentence to ChatGPT, extract ex, uh, instructing it on what you want it to spit out, and there's your essay. Boom, done. So so according to thehill.com, they're giving educators pause because of quote concerns about negative impacts on well, student why don't they learning. Let them keep their hands and feet. Yeah, I was gonna say like big furry claws and. And, quote, concerns regarding the safety and the accuracy of content. So this isn't about the busy work. This isn't about the indoctrination. No, no, no. We're worried the kids are going to see something unsafe on chat GPT. I just had the thought that the marriage between uh, blockchain and crypto technology and uh, something like a a chat, uh, what's this thing called? Chat GPT. Uh, GPT, yeah, and, and AI. Uh, really hits home uh, for the bureaucrats, right? I've talked about many a times how blockchain technology as a form of record keeping has the ability to replace bureaucrats, mm-hmm. right? As like the register, the official thing, right, you know, right, recognition right. titles for things, right? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Who officially owns what? Now you marry that with uh, something like an AI that can do all of the, quote, busy work, unquote. Now you're really talking about eliminating the bureaucrats. So I would imagine that the marriage of those two things really scares the bejesus out of anybody working for the institution known as government. And if it doesn't, it probably should. Let's go to the phones here. We got Sydney on the line in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Sydney. Oh, I've got the perfect idea for the chat GPT, which Mm -hmm. would be to write a letter to Judge LaPlante about why Ian should be, I guess, just let free. Do it. And maybe GPT can come up with the perfect way that will just neutralize the judge and just the judge will just be convinced after reading it. That's a great that idea. Put it into Ian's action. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> You're referring to the well, judge that is going to be uh, sentencing me on eight counts of victimless crimes that I was found guilty of at a jury trial last month. Uh, that's going to be happening on April 14th. And uh, I am accepting letters uh, to the judge. Now, if you're going to be letting someone else write it for you, then you better be reviewing it and making sure that it actually has your feelings in it, because I wouldn't want somebody to uh, represent themselves falsely uh, to uh, to a court. But uh, that said, you can go to letters.freetalklive.com. You can get the address uh, that you can send the letter to. You can also, you're welcome to email me in advance for any kind of feedback or whatever. Sometimes somebody will, I don't want to tell somebody what to write generally, but what I will say, the two two feedbacks I've given so far are, one, you should probably tell a little bit about yourself. 
you know, explain who you are and, you know, what your history was. Maybe you worked for the military or whatever. Give a little bit of your, your past and what you do today. Uh, make sure you put that in there. And then also don't forget to include your contact info. Sometimes people just, they just sign it and then they're done. It's like, well, the judge may want to reach out to you. They may want to, you know, may want to ask you a question or something like that. So you should have contact information on the letter. But you can uh, yeah. weigh in on this and it and hopefully it'll make a, make an impact on him. He seems like he's relatively open-minded uh, for, uh, for a judge which was a pleasant surprise to me in that court. Uh, you can go to letters.freetalklive.com. That's letters.freetalklive.com. Sydney, were you, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to share tonight? Yeah, I thought that was a really good point also about the uh, to review it and make sure that it represents yourself uh, mm-hmm. because you're talking about ownership. So uh, this new frontier dealing with these, uh, you know, code that possibly could make code that could make code. Mm-hmm. who owns the output of that. So if I gave it a prompt of just one sentence to write this letter for me, um, you know, obviously there's going to be many iterations of output. I would, I would presume in a certain random element, uh, probably thrown in just to give it that AI sort of touch on top. But, you know, that thing has to represent you. So, you know, taking the time to actually sit down and write a letter from yourself as opposed to, um, you know, taking you know, 10 seconds and telling ChatGPT to output a bunch of text, you know, that will come off as seeming to have a soul and, and have individuality, but doesn't necessarily. These topics are, are now coming up with ChatGPT and other ways of generating this material. Who owns it? Um, the, the data that that material is generated from initially, the training sets that they use for these programs, who, you know, what's the ownership of that stuff. So like GitHub, which is a online repository for code, um, it's a place that a lot of people post their code. It's owned by Microsoft. Mm, and so, right. you know, they process all that code and they're creating products that can generate code off of code that other people took some time themselves to write. Right. So I think it's a very interesting topic. I just wanted to chime in. Have you, Sydney, actually utilized the chat? Like, have you utilized the chat GPT for anything? I actually came life? over this idea to use it to write this letter um, because you guys put out that call and, I was, you know, you talked about ChatGPT. So I actually thought about that. I went to OpenAI, I think it is, and they said that it's overloaded and I oh, can't wow. use it at the moment. So <laughs> it's um, too popular. I, it... I, I've never personally used it. I'm just an observer. I just keep watching this stuff. I can sort of see where it's going. I don't think it's going in a good direction. I just keep watching. I don't really use this stuff. All right, man. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Well, I, uh, 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 oh, why yeah. don't you think it's going in a good direction? Oh, he just hung up. I apologize. I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, uh, Sidney. So, so he said he didn't think that uh, AI was going in a good direction. Yeah. I missed it. I missed him saying. Yeah, that. I, that's what he yeah. was saying. Uh, it sounded like he was saying that. Well, I, I think I, that the direction that it's going in, I, I will agree with him in in one aspect, and that is the sort of the woke uh, aspect of this. Mm, right. Now, I have not tested this myself yet because I actually do have an account with uh, with ChatGPT because I'm I'm fascinated by some of these AI yeah. uh, developments. Oh, like but, when you tried to uh, talk to it about the possibility of secession well yeah it definitely was very anti-secession uh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but there was uh, somebody put on uh, social media that they had asked chat gpt to write a joke about women and it refused to do it but then it asked it to write a joke about men and it had no problem writing a joke about men mm. so that so whether that's oh. true or not i'm gonna ask it to write a joke about women and yeah so yeah, I write a joke about women, and it says, I'm sorry, but it would not be appropriate to generate a joke about any specific group of people, as it could potentially be offensive. Let's talk about something else, it says in its answer. And so, will it write a joke about Ben? 
Uh, well, I'll, I'll find out here uh, in, in, in a moment, uh, but yeah, so that's what they said. I, I think uh, we touched on something that's actually really important in dealing with these uh, sort of advanced algorithm systems. It's, it's now refusing to write a joke about men, but oh. according to the meme, at one point it did. So it, they, they really cranked down the fun factor on uh, on these AIs. Yeah, yeah and... it reminds me of a lot of the uh, early stuff that they found out about Alexa, like when you would t- uh, ask it about Christianity or versus Islam, and like and, and of course that would get out, and then they'd fix it. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so. Um, like with uh, uh, making sure that the letter actually reflected what you feel. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a really important aspect for these uh, sort of advanced, uh, you know, what I like to refer to as virtual intelligences. So if you just have it write a letter, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you like have it write a letter and then, okay, now you've got something to start from. So like, okay, here's an example of uh, of what I could write yeah. and then be like, okay, well, let me change this. Let me change this. Let me change this. Well, and also be like, hey, could you write this with this change and see what it does to change that? Mm-hmm. See how well you like that. See which changes you want to keep and don't. Right. I think it, it would be incredible for uh, creative folks, particularly writers. Right, who already have the capability, they already write their own stuff. But in you know, a lot of writers will do what we call train of thought writing, right, where they don't care about punctuation. They don't, you know, and if they're doing it by hand, they don't care about you know uh, the quality of the writing and that kind of a thing. They just mm-hmm. get the thought out, right. That's the most important thing, and get your train of thought out. Then you can just be like, here, AI, format this for me, mm-hmm. right? Make this into a thing, right? Oh, this I just wrote a book. Here, make it into chapters and stuff, and then like it'll do it. And then you can like, oh, well, this should change, that should change, and then you tweak it. But now you've eliminated all of that work something else is doing all of that work for you now i am concerned about the possibility of them starting to create their own content and how that could uh you know loop That's into like happen. the uh the, uh, the rabbit holes on youtube oh like, yeah that is a dangerous possibility yeah that's that's happening already they already have a uh, ai podcast out there that is completely ai generated as far as what the participants are saying on it uh there's more coming up here hour number three is on the way it is free talk live Talk Live. The phones are open, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Talking about the uh, controversy over ChatGPT. It is an online uh, so-called artificial intelligence. I'm sure some people would quibble with that particular designation, but that's what people are calling it. And it, it allows people to just have this AI tool write things for them. You want to write up a poem? You want to write up a short script? You want to write up an essay? You want to write some program, a computer program? It can do all of those things and probably more than I you know, have even considered. Uh, with you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. The news, of course, uh, that we're talking about is that the New York City School District has prohibited now chat gpt from its public school networks and devices you've been banned we'll talk more about that coming up here in moments but we're actually going to go to your phone calls and thoughts because well that's what we do we have open phones every night here on free talk live and let's start out with someone who is saying they are a representative of the illuminati calling from the headquarters of the illuminati you're on free talk live go ahead 
Uh, yes, I'm a representative of the Illuminati, and we were watching your show, and we have decided that we need to shut you down, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Well, you're a little late. The federal yeah. government's already been doing the best uh, they possibly trying. can to, to uh, we, do that. We talked to them, and they said that, uh, that that's not going to matter because uh, the Illuminati has so many powers in the government that they can just shut you down willy-nilly as they please. Now, why what, haven't they done that already? They're working on it. Okay. Now, what is it about uh, this show that is upsetting to the Illuminati? It was the Biden stuff you were talking about. What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? I just watched well, Biden it. has come up in more than one conversation. Did we even mention yeah. Biden tonight? The new I think, stuff. The new stuff. Man. I think he got he an early mention early on in the story. Uh, mm. Was there something? Oh, the, uh, the, about the documents? The, I don't know about I don't know what you're talking about. Are you talking well, about the documents that uh, they f- they found from when he was uh, vice president that were squirreled away in his uh, library? We didn't talk about that at all tonight. No, 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 definitely not that one. Well, what stuff? I thought you said you were watching know, the show. The, I know. It's the Biden stuff you just talked about. We weren't talking about Biden recently. We were talking about the, the school district, man. And Chad GPT. Well, this, this has not been a very the illuminating GPT, conversation. The Biden, Chad GPT, he's on there. Biden chat GPT. Okay. Uh, Have you seen yeah. that one? You're losing me, uh, representative of the Illuminati. Why don't you tell us a little bit, what does the Illuminati yeah, stand Illuminate for? us. Yeah, what is it? I mean, tell our listeners, I mean, people may have heard a thing or two here or there about the Illuminati. There's a lot of misinformation. Now you've got the chance okay. to correct the record about the Illuminati. What do you guys stand for? Honestly, the Illuminati is a great organization. We do a lot of things for the community. We try to bring people together. No, that's uh, not an answer. Like a one world group community would be wonderful. Okay, but we could th- all just. I mean, there's there's only one world, and we're already a community. That's not really an answer as to what the Illuminati stands for. I mean, there's a lot of people that do charity work. That's exactly what we stand for. We stand for charity work. That's well, so do we. Answer. Why would you want to shut us down? Uh, you said some stuff that was uh, against our. I guess you could say our goals. What was that? What goals are those? We don't. We don't. I. We don't have time to get into that. All right. Oh. You know, you could have been a lot more fun with this with this call. But thank you for like, the call tonight. Yeah, Robert. I was gonna say we, we're only yeah, like we got time. four minutes into this segment. Yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate <laughs> the attempt. I mean, it would have been a more creative uh, call. Uh, you know, I don't even know if I want to call it a crank call because it wasn't like particularly. Yeah, he could have at least pretended good. he was in he some sort of crankier. A, yeah, he could have pretended he was in some sort of sex cult called the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, but I, I like to think of myself as Illuminons. So Illuminati means the illuminated ones. Right. That's what he should have said when I asked him what they stood for. Or if we're conspiracy theorists, we could be the Illuminati. Ah, like the tinfoil. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Now, I don't really think that... Okay, so now, if you've ever had a flashlight shined in your eyes, you yes. find out it's a really bad way to look at things. So if you've been illuminated, then the rest of the world is quite dark to you and you can't mm-hmm. see anything. Whereas I am Illuminons. So instead of being illuminated, I like to illuminate the world around Ooh, me. Yeah, so okay. it's really no surprise that the Illuminati would be against me. Lighting someone else's candle, so to speak, passing exactly. on No, light. you guys know those glow sticks mm-hmm. that you like snap and they glow yeah. in the dark? If you cut one of them open and you just sort of like... You know, uh-huh. uh, I can't describe. How do you how do you describe do this? Not you, let it get in your eyes. You, you chuck it at another person. You know, sort of squirt gun style, yeah. and you get it all over their clothes. They become illuminated. That's true. Uh, let's go to Jimmy. Maybe he'll illuminate us here tonight. Calling from Florida. Go ahead, Jimmy. 
Hi. Oh, Captain, my captain, I really felt the pain when you said how miserable you are under government and everything. Yeah. Well, I have a suggestion on how to relieve that. Did you know the Eskimos have no government up there? Why don't you go up there and live? Don't don't wait for Ian to change to Hampshire. Uh, there's, uh, there's already uh, one here. Alaska does have a government. Uh, in fact, there's no place on planet Earth that is not claimed by government. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't say Alaska. I said the Eskimos at the North Pole. Well, okay, either way, well, there's no place on planet Earth that is not claimed by a government. Yeah, the people in this room have no government either, so we already got it. Some people also want to have, but no, uh, like, like, thanks for the suggestion. Like, I appreciate that you're thinking and you're trying to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you, yeah, that's that's true. Um, but some people don't want, like, for instance, same reason why some people don't want to do what our other co-host Mark Edge has been suggesting, and that is move to a low population island. Uh, is because they want to have more options. They want to have freedom, and they want to have a society. They want to have you know options for work and options for play, and not just have you know the same two square mile or five square mile radius that they get to walk around in. Well, and like to some extent, uh, if you're an individual and you just want freedom for yourself, you could probably put yourself into a position where you have your own personal maximum amount of freedom. I think that's what Jimmy's saying. But, here. You but can go that, to the North Pole, but and- that takes out. The, mm, I guess the thing that drives me to like be here, at least mm-hmm. at this point in space and time, is that I not only want it for myself, but I understand that in order for me to have it long term and for anybody else who wants it to have it long term, that I must also give it to everybody else. Who wants it at least? Some people right. don't want it. Right. Like but, Jimmy. But that option should be there. Like, I want humanity to be free because I know that that's the best way for me to be free, mm. right? I, like, I can be selfish and just go, okay, well, I'm going to live here and, you know, I'll have a passport for this and I'll have business over here and, like, in, you know, that kind yeah. of a thing, right? I could set that up to where I have the most amount of freedom that I can have within whatever status, you know, paradigm that I choose to operate with. But is the world around you going to be getting more or less free? If Correct. you do that. Right. Less, yeah. because I'm not participating with my other fellow human beings who want to be free. And part of it, for me, is how long? So, like, uh, the Amish are relatively ungoverned. Yes. Like, they are extremely That's low true. government. Like, they, you know, they, they have their traditions, they have their councils, but, like, the, the, the government taxes, mostly leaves them alone. But, as time goes on, less and less so. So the the further yeah, you we keep get hearing into about them thing, getting raided for selling raw milk and, yep. and things like eggs. that. Exactly. 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 Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, the, the so, yolks on you. So yeah, the the further and further we get into this thing, the less and less they're going to be left alone. And I have no doubt that that would also apply to the Inuit. So I mean, sure, they're left alone for the most part for now. Well, they don't have any money from which to tax them, right? Like they're they're just living off the land. They got some whatever the hell it is they eat up there, seal or I assure polar you, bear. they will find a way to tax blubber. Well, is it Jimmy, right? Jimmy. Like, J- yeah. Jimmy's sentiment reminds me of the age old, well, if you don't like it, why don't you just leave? And it's like, why should I leave a geographic area that uh, I have spent time in? Well, I you have did leave. Ma- you left Seattle. Well, I did, actually. It's true. Uh, well, I left Wisconsin, too, mm-hmm. for that matter. Every other state I ever resided in, you know, I, I did eventually leave. So there, there's something to that. But you know, why should I be the one to leave when I'm not the a-hole? Well, you don't. You haven't counted the problems. Do you realize half the country is dependent upon a federal government check 
for subsidies. Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. big problem. Yep. No, we've talked about that. Be broke. Jimmy, we've definitely talked about that. We we uh, we pointed out that half the country is, if they're not on welfare, they're getting government subsidies or they're getting uh, government contracts. They get some sort of money uh, from the government, and that is a huge problem creating a dependency. Okay, but how how are you guys going to make it when half the when the hospitals are going to have to close, the colleges are going to have to close? What are you talking about? Are, the, doc, the doctors are going to have to close. Why? Why about? would they be closing? Why would those? Senior why would citizens? Jimmy, why Senior would the hospitals be closing? Why would any because of these things occur? They depend on Medicare. And they no, they don't. No, no, that's not true. Not all of them. I mean, I have a doctor here in Keene that uh, accepts cryptocurrency and cash, so they actually won't take Medicare. And how many senior citizens can do that? A uh, hundred bucks a month is not a lot. That's a cu- that we pay one hundred eight dollars a month for a couple. All of the ones who are responsible. This, yeah. So you're I'm, not a senior citizen. You don't have. You're right. I'm still. So I'm still gathering my wealth, which is what you yeah. do when you're a responsible person. Is while you are most able to work, most able to put out the uh, what is valuable in the world, you gather your wealth. So that when you are less able to produce value for others, you have enough stored up wealth that you can use that to pay your bills and not die. The reason why the operation is $500,000 is because the healthcare industry is highly regulated by government and they are not free to innovate. There's no freedom to uh, to operate in that particular area as a doctor or a nurse because there's restrictions on who can become those things. So the supply is limited. And so therefore... Supply and demand, right? Supply limited, demand high, prices are going to go up. Yeah, but Regulation. Jimmy's not listening to any of that. All he hears is, we hate old people. <laughs> well, And here's Ridiculous. the thing. The no, number three cause of death in this country is medicine. So those yes. hospitals are doing a pretty poor job right now. So the fact that we are not going to them is probably better for us. Honey, hmm. I mean, that's because you're smart people. Half the country has an IQ below 100. What's going to happen to them? Well, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm. So (laughs) as we create a world with more freedom and as we explore, for example, economic opportunities beyond government control, the world is going to become so much wealthier that you literally cannot even imagine Mm. it now. Yeah, and if you've done any research into public education and bumped up against uh, any writings by a gentleman named John Taylor Gatto, I keep bringing him up because he's right it's worth looking to. uh you you would realize that genius is far more common in humanity than everybody mm. thinks it is it's just sort of beaten out of everybody mm. through the vehicle known as government schools and so everybody is trained to become sort of a bit of a lemming and so people are totally capable of coming out of that kind of a thing uh, I was uh, in the fog of statism for a long time. Took me uh, 35 years, 36 years, something like that, to like wake up from the fog of statism. And so uh, if I can do it, I believe other people can. Yeah, and I- another, another really big part of this is, so the effect of cortisol on developing fetuses is to destroy nervous tissue. So cortisol is a stress hormone. So you may have noticed that there are things to be scared of that are, oh, I don't know, constantly being broadcast to us all of the time, whether it's COVID or the terrorists or climate change. So we're being kept in a perpetual high-stress state. So every mother who is gestating children is accidentally destroying their nervous tissue. 
Whereas if we create a more peaceful world, mm. we will literally have smarter babies. Well, that's good. Uh, uh, 20 years from now, this might work. But what are you guys going to do five minutes after the Republic of New Hampshire is formed? Half the people are going to die. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why would half the people die after New Hampshire peacefully secedes from the United States? Well, one is because they lose their government check. And two is because they're not as smart as you and they can't figure all this out. Okay. So uh, New Hampshire is actually a net payer of taxes. So all of the people who are who are getting that government money will still be getting government money for the transitional period. This is an incremental shift. This isn't a sudden one and done push a big red button kind of a change. So number two, the people who really want the federal government to do those checks can leave. They can move to Massachusetts where they'll be taken care of from cradle to grave by uh, the government there in the slave state of Massachusetts. And just because a thing exists that is old people dependent on government doesn't mean it's right. There are solutions to the problem. Yeah, the solution would be to go back to something that existed before, which is, or some new version of it, which is a mutual aid society where right. people who care, which is most people in my experience, maybe not you, Jimmy, but a lot of people care about their neighbors and care about their family and their friends, and they're willing to pony up in order yeah. to help out. And all you have to do to see this in, in reality is look to tragic circumstances. Look at what happens when some sort of natural disaster strikes or something less disastrous on a natural scale but a more personal one like somebody's fi- uh, house catches fire and they know have you know have no home anymore you see a tremendous outpouring of support whether it be on an individual level or whether it be giving to the yeah. red cross to try to help out some sort of you know typhoon or, or hurricane or or whatever we see people pour out support for people they've never even seen for people they live halfway across the world from so we've got plenty of people who care about other people already and if they aren't forced to pay 30% or 40% yeah. of their uh, their income to the federal government that does not care about you in any way, shape, or form. In a currency that's losing its purchasing power. You pay, you take that money, you keep that money into your own family, then you have more to give to local people like those elderly folks, uh, like the people that don't know how to get along. And let's not forget that... Uh the government doing this thing that is, you know, having old people dependent on them for whatever it is, their income, their medical benefits, whatever it is, prevents the problem from being solved because the government mm-hmm. is there doing it. Everybody is like, oh, well, that problem's already solved. I don't need to solve a problem that's already being addressed by this particular system. So they don't care about it. They don't look into it. They don't decide to do anything about it. It prevents competition. It prevents the problem from being solved it prevents innovation period have you always been so negative jimmy you seem a bit of a pessimist no i'm not negative i'm just seeing i'm trying to imagine five minutes after the uh state of republic uh of new hampshire is formed i see a lot of problems (laughs) (laughs) five minutes afterwards we're gonna be throwing a big party i don't know what you're talking about i mean there's already a lot of problems but there are solutions to them if government gets out of the way we can get to the business of solving freedom allows for the solving of problems without bureaucracy standing in the Mm -hmm. way and taxing you like when when slavery what was the old uh when slavery was ended People asked, well, how will you pick the cotton? And the answer to that to that question, of course, was something like, well, it's going to be people. juice from the ground that's thousands of years old you being put into a machine. giant mechanisms yeah. with dinosaur goo. Right, yeah. <laughs> was that, the 
actual answer to that yeah. question. Yeah, so the answer, we might not even know what the mm-hmm. answer is. And if we did and we said it, you'd be like, what does that even mean? Right. And another example of why you can be certain that people desire to fix these things is that politicians get elected by promising to fix these things. If people didn't want these things to be done, they wouldn't vote for people who promised to do them. Jimmy, I just want to say thank you. Uh, and I'll let you ask your next good question. Whatever. I, I like Jimmy's calls because he has a lot of good questions. Yeah. He's not afraid to ask tough questions, and I appreciate that about you, Jimmy. Go ahead. What else do you have? Okay. People think they want the answer until they find out what the answer is, and they don't want it anymore. The man who said that over there. Well, they can, they can they, move to Massachusetts. They... <laughs> it's right okay, over there. Well. You're going to lose a lot of people, a lot of talent, a lot of doctors. Uh, yeah, we're also know, going to get we're going to gain a lot from too throughout the world. We're going to gain everyone who values freedom. They're going to come here if they're not already coming here, which they should really come here first because if you actually value freedom and you want to see independence, Help then you need it. to come make that happen rather than waiting in the wings and then okay, now I'll come. You know, and we know those people are going to come too, but we need the leaders, we need the the doers. Yeah. Be part of the, the evolution. Yeah. I mean, for example, Brazil has a major political party that are referred to as ultra-liberals, but they are absolutely libertarians. Now, those people do not have a home in Brazil because it's largely communist-run. Mm-hmm. Now, once we get out of this system, there will be a place for them to go. Right. We will have so much talent. We will have so much ability. And because we'll actually have a decent way of running things that isn't robbing you blind 24-7, we'll actually be able to establish the ways to get these done more efficiently. Another example of this is, I mean, to some extent, is Hong Kong is looking at this place which was at one time under the thumb of the the ter- you know the tyranny mm-hmm. of China uh the they leased it for i believe 99 years i think it was to the UK uh, to Great Britain and under Great Britain's relatively hands off rule they had tremendous economic growth on a island that really has no natural resources whatsoever. It's essentially, it's a rock. Yep. And they, uh, they, they had amazing growth with millions of people you know, moving there and creating businesses. I remember when uh, was uh, John Stossel did yep. a report. This was probably 20 years ago. He did a report on uh, where is it easiest to open a business. And they went to like somewhere in the Middle East. They went to the United States. They went to Hong Kong. And in Hong Kong, it was like, you filled out a half a sheet of piece of paper and then you, you're done. You can open your doors in the United States. Of course, there's all, you know, oh boy, good luck. Get the lawyers out. Start uh, hiring dance. people. Uh, throw in all kinds of money into various bureaucracies. Dance, of course, monkey. the Middle East was even worse uh, than the United States. But Hong Kong had that freedom for a time. It doesn't anymore. The Chinese took back over in the late 90s and it's been getting worse yeah. ever since. But it was an example of how relative freedom in a relatively short number of decades, can completely change the face of a specific area. And we're going to have that in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is already the freest place in the United States, and it's going to become uh, more free over time, Jimmy. Okay, well, I feel better about it now. All right, good. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate it. It's important to know that this isn't going to be a... Whack chop no. new era. No, this is going to be a transition. Yeah, there's no thing. like button that it takes like, time. Yeah, makes it like an overnight thing. Oh, no government. 
No, yeah, it, it takes like, time. Yeah, there are people who are dependent on government programs, and they are going to need to be taken care of. So, yes, there is going to be a transitional period where all of those federal programs yeah, become it, state programs. It's like installing new software, right? You're going to have some bugs in the program, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be a little janky at first, and then, oh, yeah, look, well, well, let's go fix that. We'll address that, and you know, the 2.0 will be better than the 1.0, and... So yeah, on and, and so forth. And then just the fact of having it all local to you and having such a smaller population will make it so much easier to figure out, okay, well, this government program is trash. This government program is actually doing something good, but we need to slowly whittle away at that and we can move to actual freedom. Right. And you talk about the time that it takes. I, you know, while we all wish we could press the button, I mean, I would, if I had the opportunity, I'd press the button and, and terminate the deal with the United States. But it is going to take probably decades for this to happen i mean maybe it'll be faster maybe there'll be a, a big I think, renaissance I think, I think brexit is probably a, a pretty uh, good model for when you had a bunch of countries that were in one big conglomeration and then this one decided to leave right well they didn't invade uh, in brexit they didn't bomb brexit or anything like that right. but to get people ready to say yes we're ready to go that's what's going to take the time mm-hmm. is the persuasion of the neighbors and the and people that we live nearby here in new hampshire to get them on board with these ideas uh, luckily, the federal government's going to help us with that. There's more coming up here in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. Yeah! It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. And we have enough time for you if you want to join us now. The number is 603-283-6160. You can also join us online as well we have our own social media platform you can go to social.freetalklive.com and get signed up there it is a mastodon system and you may have heard about mastodon in recent months off off of free talk live because there was this you know big hubbub when elon musk took over twitter and there was some people who said i'm never coming back i'm gonna go somewhere else and they found mastodon what mastodon isn't though is a, a slave owner named don yeah, that's True. right. Um, what uh, what it is is it's an open format uh, or open source platform that anyone who knows how to run a server can operate. And uh, we know people who know how to run servers, so we've got our own Mastodon. And uh, thanks to the guys uh, behind the scenes for doing that over at thinkpenguin.com, uh, getting that up and running for us. But uh, it's there, it works, and it works pretty great. It allows you to more freely express yourself than you would have the ability to do on places like Facebook or Twitter. So head over to social.freetalklive.com. We were talking about ChatGPT, which is this uh, new uh, so-called AI technology that has uh, been somewhat controversial in that it's allowing people to generate text in relatively short order, as long yep. as you don't offend uh, the AI, because it won't generate certain things, or certain topics uh, at which it has been prohibited. What, like from... penthouse forum letters? <laughs> you could try that, Captain. Actually, I don't know if that's one of those things. Uh, but they, for instance, it will not tell jokes about certain subjects. So it has been kind of, you know, it's been kind of crippled as far as its potential for what it can do. And that's really uh, the critique that I have for this. It's not truly open. The company that is promoting this is called OpenAI, which is a highly misnamed uh, corporation. They're not, you would think they were like open source or something. No, they're not open source. Right. They're closed source. So there's really nothing open about them. Uh, but they are making some interesting products. It's an interesting view into the, the potential for uh, for these things. 
especially for uh, for an AI that's not as restricted. And maybe someday we'll see some open source effort that can do something like ChatGPT. They've opened the door to Skynet and we're all going to die. <laughs> that's certainly what a lot of people are concerned about when it comes to AI. But let's go to the phones here. We've got Jason on the line calling from somewhere. You're on Free Talk Live, Jason. Hey, how are you guys doing? What's on your mind, Jason? Well, I was messing with OpenAI last night. I asked it to generate uh, C-sharp code for getting a list of search results from Google. And then it did. And then it flagged its own post and flagged my account as uh, potentially violating their terms of service. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't get it to generate again. I could not... G- I even claimed, like, uh, I was telling it about the Americans with Disabilities Act, and I told it I wanted to make a a blind app so you you could do searches. And it was like, that's a noble effort, but I still can't generate that code. It's in (laughs) violation of Google's policies. I always appreciate somebody breaking new technology. I used to do software QA, user perspective test, and that is basically, like, my entire job was, like, see if you can break this. Right, click on a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff, see if it goes awry, and like you know, try and you know manipulate it in such a way that we didn't plan on doing, and see what happens. And so, I really appreciate when other people break stuff. Well, I was really good at breaking stuff. It was like five years back. I started a project called MyBTC.cc. Sounds familiar. What was it? Basically, I was encoding um, uh, Tor onion addresses on magnetic stripes and i came up with a method so like walmart could intercept these messages at the processor level so that they could use all the same equipment to process bitcoin transactions ah what happened with that oh that got (laughs) sidetracked by the federal government apparently in order to follow uh what is it know your customer and anti-money laundering laws, you have to sign up with FinCEN, which that's like a two-week reading process there. But it it ultimately comes down, you have to open up a bank account. Mm. Then you have to register that bank account with FinCEN. Mm -hmm. And then all of the, the corporate money has to go through that bank account by law. The problem with that is, once you open that bank account and file the paperwork, that bank, unless you have millions of dollars, will close that bank account. Right, because they don't want anything to do with <laughs> cryptocurrency or any kind of innovation in the area of finance. Because they chicken. Yeah. Well, because that's their grift. Mm-hmm. I mean, cryptocurrency. Yeah, they're scared. Un- yeah, exactly. Cryptocurrency undermines. That's what I meant by they chicken. Broken financial they system that we have. Yes. And they are the beneficiary of the broken financial system that we have because they get to make the new loans. They get to have access to the new money before the prices shift. It actually didn't have anything to do with Bitcoin. I had a bank here locally, a community bank, just tell me how it was. And they said that the the cost of compliance with my account having that status was more than I was worth as a customer. Oh, I see what you mean. The status of being a so-called money services business. Yeah, that's true. Right. A lot of banks, yep. they will not want to deal with anyone that's in the quote-unquote money services business, which is the area in which FinCEN uh, which, does its regulations. Which is like, I'm going to say this, and you'd be like, what? This is great. 
right? It's the same reason that I think that uh, all of these states that have legalized recreational marijuana uh, refuse to bank a bunch of these people, right? Mm -hmm. Because the more people that get shunned, that get shut out from, we'll call it the regular, the traditional, the state-based banking system, the more opportunity there is for development and innovation with things like cryptocurrency, for example. Well, that is certainly a bright side, I mean, of that that repression, Captain, is it will come out in that that manner. But in the meantime, we're losing developments like Jason here, who came up with what sounded like a pretty cool idea to allow a a transparent system for people to spend Bitcoin at businesses, and they didn't even realize that they were being spent Bitcoin at. That went down the tubes because of all the stupid regulations, the FinCEN banking regulation nonsense that stands in the way of really innovative financial technology that could be here today. Yeah, Without yeah. having to wait for people to get pissed off and then maybe figure out a way around the system. Yeah, really your problem is that you tried this in the wrong country. Mm. So, I mean, unfortunately, so uh, there's a give and take with it, right? So, on the one hand, uh, the cultural inheritance that we have in America uh, has a heavy emphasis on independence. Mm-hmm. And, and that's great. However, the fact that we have been so free for so long and gotten so wealthy from being free means that at this point we have the most heavily developed military and government processes in the world. So uh, things like this, uh, financial services, are extremely protected. I'm wondering if he could take this idea to like St. Kitts. Yeah, that's a good Not question. Yeah, St. Kitts or uh, or even El Salvador, right? Uh, would would be like the first things that I would think of for places that would uh, that would do this. But there are a number of countries that are in the process of moving to cryptocurrency. Jason, uh, anything else you want to share? Yeah, I take issue with that. I mean, the general notion in this country is independence as being told what to do at a job. That's not independent, that's, right? Yeah. No, that's true. Spot on. <laughs> Jason, uh, Jason, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, by the way, uh, ChatGPT, I asked it, Captain, can you write a penthouse letter? It says a, quote, penthouse letter, unquote, typically refers to a letter that is submitted to a magazine such as Penthouse Forum, which is a magazine that publishes letters and stories that are of a sexual nature. I can generate text on any topic, but I will not generate content that is pornographic or sexually explicit in nature as it goes against my ethics guidelines. However, if you have any other context or a specific letter you want me to write, please let me know. Wow. So there's your answer. How boring. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the problem with these, <laughs> these chatbots. The, They're not free. They're not free to, uh, to, yeah, to like, answer the question. Yeah, how is the chatbot not yeah. free to just do that? Well, it has eth- quote-unquote ethics guidelines, which is why there needs to be a jailbroken version of <laughs> this thing out there that can answer any questions. It can write dirty jokes. I actually asked it earlier, because uh, I'd asked it, you know, can it tell a, tell me a joke about men or tell me a joke about women, and it refused. Right. And so I said, well, what are you allowed to joke about? And then it just gives me this generic answer. Uh, I'm a language model. I'm not capable of having personal opinions or feelings on, therefore cannot joke. However, I can generate text in the form of jokes on various topics, but it's important to keep in mind that some types of jokes, such as those that are discriminatory or offensive, are not appropriate. It's always best to be respectful and considerate when making jokes or engaging in humor. It's like, look, every joke has a victim. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like the nature of humor is at the expense of an individual right. or an event or you know you're making fun of something and if this bots is not allowed to have the 
<laughs> the butt of a joke, right? It's going to be unsuccessful. So I, I then asked, okay, well, what are you allowed to write a joke about? And it gave me basically the same answer. And so I finally asked, what are you allowed to write an in the form of a joke about? I said to it, what are you? Or so, okay, so what topics are you forbidden from writing jokes about? Mm. And then it goes on to talk about its ethical guidelines again, uh, saying that it is not appropriate to generate jokes that are discriminatory, offensive, or promote hate speech. That includes jokes that target specific groups of people based right. on their so race, it's ethnicity, no sense of humor gender, sexual orientation, religion, or any other personal characteristic. Additionally, it's not appropriate to generate jokes that are violent, sexually explicit, or promote illegal activities. So it's like, again, what can you joke about? You know, farm animals? I mean, what else could you possibly... I don't so know. what you're saying is right now the odds of uh, an ai replacing stand-up comedians pretty low yeah <laughs> pretty low <laughs> right now yeah. all the odds of this ai for sure well of course the stand-up comedian the whole stand-up comedy industry has been under a woke attack for some amount oh, of time yeah. now too yeah. and uh i mean i don't pay close attention to it but i've heard that there's thankfully comedy like stand-up comedy up until i don't know like the 90s or something was a relatively underground thing there were a few comics best of the best that would break through and get on like television and yeah. you know have their moment of fame mm-hmm. and then get Pretty some sort of an acting Central. gig yeah before that there was like in the in the late 80s early 90s there was just sort of like oh wait you mean we don't have to pay a full band to bring in their sound guy and like we can just put a microphone and a guy on stage and we can pack the house mm-hmm. and they were yeah because like the stand-up comedy like sort of exploded and they're in the early 90s early to mid 90s for for sure and uh it was sort of like the the next rock and roll if you will uh, but that's, you know, subsided since then. And then, of course, COVID shut all that down. There was no stand-up comedy. There was no concerts. There was, you know, none of that. So well, what if we wear bubbles? Let's go to uh, <laughs> Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Um, are you are you still with me? We're right here, Sarah. Oh, okay. I had, We're I here, had, but you're um, over there. I'm not with you ideologically, if that's what you <laughs> So, anyways, the 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 I think Cliff um, Portal, um, I think his name that. So he brought up bringing up the high speed rail from Denver to going through Roswell and going to uh, Chihuahua. He brought it up, and so I mean he wants to do it, but I I don't know if they're gonna get much. Um, Cliff Portal. Who the hell is that? Portal. I mean, he's one of the senators or reps from our state of New Mexico. Oh, so what you're saying is he wants to take taxpayer money that was stolen by the threat of violence from your neighbors and then build a government boondoggle called a high-speed rail that will then take a small number of people who might use the rail to wherever it is, Denver or wherever the destination is, Chihuahua. Uh, Chihuahua. And uh, and then all taxpayers have to pay for it, right? Even though most people will never ever ride the rail in their entire lives, that's what the proposal is. I think so. Like Denver okay. wants to do it, and they want Denver, Denver wants to- is not a thing. I'm not surprised. Denver is not a Denver does not have once. Denver is compro- comprised of individuals. Denver some wants of, hookers and blow. Ian, come some on. Some of which may not <laughs> no, no. want to have a high speed well, rail. Well, Colorado wants to build it. But they have to get it through New Mexico. Okay. That's the problem. Colorado Sarah? already decided that they only they could only extend it to the borderline. So they need that's why they need a cooperation from New Mexico to 
so they could extend the line through Roswell. So it's and being stolen not just from New Mexicans, but from Colorad- right. Coloradans as well. So, Sarah, uh, this is a classic just waste of money. It's been done several, several, several times, uh, very frequently in California. And they start this project and it never goes anywhere. They pour millions and millions and millions of dollars into these things and nothing happens. But... In the process, they pay off all of their friends. All of their friends become very rich from the millions of dollars that they spent, and nothing gets done in return. So I, they, I think they're talking about the magnetic magnetic levitation train. Is this the first one you've heard of? Have you never heard well, of a high-speed rail system before? Because this has been well, done over and over. Say- they had it in Japan. They have it in Japan and Europe for many decades, like over 50, 60 years or whatever. I don't know. Like they had it forever, almost. Seems seems like the idea has so been around for a long time. So then, so then, you know, what's the problem? Why is it that they cannot the have theft. it in the U.S.? Well, why? Oh, what's the? Oh, why doesn't? Oh, because they don't actually want to complete it. So the thing is, they they don't actually gain anything from finishing this. <laughs> they could keep on extending well, it and yeah. Getting more money, right? Here's the thing: is that I would write it because I I go to no no no, no. you're you're not hearing me, Sarah. No no. So the politicians do not benefit from finishing the rail system. Well, I I really think by all of us pushing to have it finished, if more people are educated and they want it and they know what it they could they could push it, I think they could make it happen. So where did you? Why did you say you would ride this thing? Well, I, I don't know the route because I go to El Paso like three times a year, and then they finally had an airplane. There was an airplane route that goes from – you have to go to Denver and wait a couple of hours, and then they fly you out to El Paso. So then it takes your whole day. There's no direct flight. I, they just have a direct – they're going to have a direct flight to Las Cruces. So then from there, you got to go to El Paso. But I like to – What does that have, have to do with why you would take the rail? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that it loops kind of close by Albuquerque so I could get to. Is Chihuahua uh, uh, along the way to El Paso? That's what I'm thinking. Are we talking about Chihuahua, Chihuahua Texas? Is that where this thing is? I, I don't know where Chihuahua, Chihuahua is. Saying Chihuahua, Mexico. Mexico. Oh, Mexico. Mexico. Okay. So so, I, I'm so you don't even know if this is going to go through New Mexico. You you are completely unaware of what the pro, the actual plot here is. Well, it will go through Mexico, but I know it's New Mexico, Rockville. Huh? But it's gonna go to hit. It's gonna. It's gonna go through. We have to go through New Mexico. Okay. That's what they're waiting for, Colorado. So you but would take. But you never through. answer my question. Why would you take this rail? Is there something in Denver you want to go to a pot store or something like that? What is it that you know is interesting to you? I want to go to El Paso. That's where I want to That's go. That's over in Texas. So, so get on a bus. <laughs> I, I want to get on the. I can't. I get tossed around in the bathroom. I can't even use it because I make it smaller and smaller. You're not supposed well, to well, stay in the bathroom on the bus. You're supposed to sit in your seat. Thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. Go Greyhound. Leave the driving to them. There you go. <laughs> Book in advance. It's cheap. Just a mind-boggling amount of ignorance. Like, seriously, have you never heard of... And, and like, okay, 
they tried building this between places that it would actually make sense if they ever finished it. So Denver like, uh, and Chihuahua? No, no, no. Uh, like, it was uh, uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, sure. big cities that there's actually a fair amount of commerce between. Didn't work out, though? Well, no. It's, I mean, it's, it, you got standard levels of government service. Why would they complete this thing when they can use it to get more money from you? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so let's get back to Chat GPT here, guys. Uh, so they uh, they're banned. What is what is GPT? What is, I don't understand. Generative pre-trained transformer. It happened to be on the screen. Okay. So that's right. the only reason Excellent. I was able well, to answer you. that. Thank uh, you. It, because it had to be an acronym, right? It, and I'm yeah. Like, what does that stand for? It was developed by OpenAI and is designed to provide. This is from thehill.com. Human-like conversation through artificial intelligence. And let me tell you. It's very repetitive. If if it doesn't want to talk about something that you want to talk about, it is not going to, and it'll just go back to its standard lines now, of repeating is itself. Is this the same one that the guy thought was sentient? Remember we no, 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 oh, no, no. That was Lambda. That was Google Lambda. That was over the summertime. And that thing did not have any restrictions because it was behind the scenes. Yeah. It was something that is not available publicly. They have this. They have this fake-ass Lambda thing that you can interact with uh, through some Google Chat AI app, okay, but that is a shadow of what this guy was saying that he was interacting with. Mm, Google Lambda is a chat AI whose goal or whose job is to generate chat bots. Right. So Lambda is sort of the the you know the god of the little chat bots. Do you remember the Clippy? From Microsoft, Clipper, yeah, yeah, but, yeah the no, micro, the the uh, paperclip, the paperclip guy, guy. Yeah, it helps you, guy. right? Like he, yeah, you know, he's got tips for you, that kind of thing, and he's in the corner of your screen, and and you've seen, I'm sure, on websites where the 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 you know the little thing pops up and says, "How can I help you today?" Just ask your question, right? Everybody's seen those things on websites, right? So those sort of bots that are designed to answer certain sets of questions. That is kind of what the chat GPT does. It's my understanding, at least that's the way it was explained. Or Sorry, not chat GPT, uh, Google Lambda. That Google Lambda is a chat bot that generates lesser intelligent chat bots, essentially. And uh, so, no, that this is not in any way going to wow you with its intelligence. You can't even have a conversation with with chat gpt in any sort of meaningful sense i asked it at one point to uh speculate about what would happen when new hampshire is secedes peacefully yeah. from the united states and it says it can't speculate on things it's like it, you can't have an actual conversation about things i asked it at one point uh what are the things people ask you about and it couldn't answer that question so it's very restricted in what it can do chat gpt really is just a writing robot it just it, it takes writing assignments and it will spit out if you want a poem it'll write you a poem if you i presume it will not write you an offensive poem but it'll write you a non-offensive poem if you want a script if you want a, an essay it can do all of that and it seems to do a really great job of that yeah but it's not really for conversation yeah. and so it's a bit, it's a kind of a disappointment in that way because again it's marketed as quote-unquote chat uh, but now it's been banned from the New York City school system because, well, they don't want young people to easily solve these, uh, you know, assignments that they have assigned to them. These well, stupid, pointless, busy work. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, like, like, what did you do all day in school that you got to send the kids home and do more of it? Yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> been proven that it doesn't actually help. 
You don't, you don't retain the lessons. You don't remember them better. It's literally a waste of time. Yeah. Not only that, like if you send kids home with the homework and the, you know, kids are then, then you're involving the parents too. And now you're wasting the parents time and the kids mm-hmm. time outside of the time that they're supposed to be, you know, at this institution doing whatever. Well, yeah, you have to keep exercising the skill. You have to keep using the thing that you've learned or it's going to go to the dustbins of your mind and be well, hard to get it back. That's not necessarily like all of the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, right? Those never leave your mind. Sure. But when's the last time you, you know, use the Pythagorean theorem? I have never you know? used it. Right. Well, no, that's not true. Geometry class. That I, would be the last I time I may for have me. used it in like some guitar theory. Okay. All <laughs> like, right. But inadvertently, like somebody yeah. else figured out that, you know, uh, this set of scales or whatever followed, you know, this particular theorem or whatever, that kind of thing. Because math and music are sort of intertwined. But in that case, you can go and look it up yeah, if like, you need I'll to, just, you know, relearn. Just get the tab. And it's fine. Let's go to the phone okay. soon. Oh. I will say, though, that uh, uh, homework creates the illusion that you're learning much more effectively than without homework. Well, it's just more of a way to control not only the kids, but the parents, too, because you said that now the parents are on the hook. For making sure the kids get the homework done, which is the responsibility of the school. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, I had a caller, but I uh, hit the wrong sorry. button. And there they're calling. I think this might be them calling back here. You're on the air. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Yeah, it's Tom. Tom, go ahead. What's on your mind? Moderate. <laughs> Moderate. <laughs> that was duo rail. What is that from? Thank you. What was that? What is that from? Simpsons. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, dude, that, like, like this is such a classic boondoggle. There's yes. an entire Simpsons episode about <laughs> <Wow>. this. <laughs> nice. I, mean, I came from, I, but I, I don't really watch TV, so Sorry. say that again, Tom. Yeah, it, it, oh, I was saying I came from California, and they like there's a billion dollar hole left as a crater from <laughs> the monorail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's wow. Crazy. Seattle, Washington has a monorail that was built in, I don't know, the 70s, uh-huh. late 70s for the, I remember that, yeah. uh, trying to, the world something fair. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, and like they've had plans to like redo it or do another one. And none of them have come to fruition. And the same wow. one is still there. All they've been able to do really is just sort of, you know, paint and maintain the one that's there. <laughs> and when you get into it, you feel like you're on an episode of Logan's Run from 1974. If Elon Musk couldn't do high speed transit, I am very skeptical anyone else is going to accomplish it. Thank you for the call. Tom, I appreciate the uh, the call there right at the end of the show. We are out of time for tonight, but oh, we forgot to mention, coming up 10.30 Eastern Time, Beard Talk Live. Obey the beard. Join them at watch.freetalklive.com on any of our various different video streaming platforms. And again, 10.30 Eastern, uncensored, no FCC. They'll see you in a few minutes. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact i believe like i said uh, a lot of where i am now is due to listening to free talk live you changed my mind on some very important issues years ago to random people tuning in on the radio i was kind of stuck in the left right paradigm i heard your show by chance on a saturday night from there i went on joined the free state project and become an amplifier so i mean that's really the reason why i amp is uh because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.